We should all donate our sperm. Sure. Any takers? I'm into like a place that actually, you know, not to oh. a person. Um, I think we like should. Here, though. this is for you. No, I really think we should. Just because they say smart people don't procreate. And it's true. I don't know if we would be acceptable donors. I think we'd be fine donors. I mean, none of us are considered healthy. I mean, what's healthy? Good afternoon. Guess who's Bazak? It is I, James, and this is the IO panel, episode 76. Uh, with me today is uh, the two host A and host 1, um, the two guys who have run the show. Well, which is which? Host Alpha and host Beta. Whoa, 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 whoa. I claim Ooh. Alpha. Whoa. <laughs> because that's the most Alpha thing to do. <laughs> well, our beta male of the show, uh, Michael. <laughs> what the fuck? What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Fuck both you guys. Le- That's le- how I'm doing. Leading a beta fuckboy life. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So oh, boy. How, how was your week, man? My week was okay. My week was okay. I woke up yesterday feeling very ill. Well, not very ill, but ill i have a cold or allergies or some bullshit going on i'm not sure what maybe a little bit that fall flu are your nodes swollen (laughs) i'll show you a swollen (laughs) node (laughs) does your neck feel extra thick (laughs) too late you need need a little snake juice my man yeah hey fatty hey fatty yeah you need some snake mike has no idea about that by the way I, i only sent that to you we need to discuss. I'm, I'm that. fairly sure. Well, we have a, we need to dedicate an episode to snake juice, and we will uh, talk about pickle juice later. But. Yeah, mm. not too, not not so dissimilar. No, true, true, true. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing, uh, Evan? I'm doing uh, fantastic because that's part of being alpha is doing fantastic. That's right. Yeah. What is what does your hero say? The guy who died. Heroes don't die. Heroes never die. Who are you talking about? That's what he said? (laughs) (laughs) Right before he died, yes. That's right. (laughs) No, that that guy, Tony Huge or whatever? No, he's 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 very much alive. Oh, well, the other guy then. Me swell and swole, my friends of freedom, pioneers of human evolution. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. He's swell and swell. I tell you, Dr. Tony, Tony Huge, he's great. I love that. He is, he is great. great. He, he's a freedom fighter of the testosterone and uh, steroid movement. Jan- now, let me ask you a question, James. Of the many alternative medicine, quote-unquote, doctors, internet doctors I've linked you to on YouTube, have I ever led you wrong? Have I led you down an incorrect path? They're all maniacs, and I love it. They're great. It, down, I've led you down the path of enlightenment. True. I was going to say insanity, but you know, whatever. True. They are they are also not too dissimilar, much like 
snake juice and pickle juice. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I've still not rebuilt my main computer, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. To quote Kelly LeBrock from the 1985 Weird Science, Ooh. what do two maniacs want to get into now? Ooh. Mm. Well, why don't we get one? into some news? Someone sent me that quote, and I thought, that's delicious. I missed that movie. Um, let's get into the news. What do we got? Sure. Uh, I got a couple things here. Not too much to talk about, but uh, one of our favorite gentlemen, Elon Musk, sole proprietor and decision maker at Tesla, obviously, um, but not really. So in the wake of Hurricane Maria and all the devastation in Puerto Rico, Tesla has taken it upon themselves to once again be humanitarians in the face of uh, devastation, and they have deployed engineers along with hundreds of battery packs and solar panels to Puerto Rico to begin installing them to aid in restoring power to the nearly three and a half million affected uh, Americans in Puerto Rico. I love it. This yep. is a great, this is a great maneuver. Yep. And, uh, one James, of the things that spell, I like about spell this maneuver, Maneuver. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What I like about this is that the company didn't really tell anyone. They're not like, you know, donating a hundred grand and making a commercial that they donated a hundred grand. They're like, you know, we're good people, we're gonna do this. But you know what I like about this? This is like like, okay, Puerto Rico is a very small place. Mm -hmm. If they can deploy this stuff down there and really show people, hey, there's a future in solar and the power walls are fucking awesome and stuff. Dude, they could rebuild Puerto Rico, a country, uh, not a country, a territory, territory, part of this part of the great America. Yeah, they could rebuild this territory in their image with power walls, solar, um, Tesla vehicles, um, homes with the solar panel, uh, the solar panel, uh, his solar panel tiles on the roof and, mm-hmm. um, the smart homes and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a place in shambles, even before the hurricane hit a person, a place in financial crisis. This is a great way to execute a big plan and it's super smart. I love it. I love what he's doing. This is what we need. You know, maybe Puerto Rico in 20 or 30 years will be the place our libertarian paradise that we've been waiting for. It could definitely start attracting more business and sort of revitalize their, even though they're, you know, an American territory, but revitalize their local economy, which was so, yeah, it could be. It was devastated when a bunch of the pharmaceutical companies pulled out. Mm. Something you don't hear very often. I mean, just, you know, it was... Most, I'm not, I'm going to say something false, but not entirely false. Most of the island was employed by or, you know, in a field related to pharmaceutical companies who produced pills there for, you know, relatively cheap. Much, it, so it's sort of like the Dominican Republic. Who's like a tax haven or something, right? There's they, all these tax yeah, there were, there. Yeah. Um, so it, 
I'm going to say something else that I believe to be true that could be false. A lot of the income in the Dominican Republic is based on tourism or was based on tourism and their whole cultural genocide that happened or started a couple of years ago. Um, I'm pretty sure they took a big hit, even though I know people who still went there because it happened to be super cheap because no one wanted to book there. But, you know, if such a major part of a, an island's economy is taken away, then it does cause uh, a lot of devastation in its wake. So hopefully this can help to rebuild um, part of what was lost. Cultural genocide. Mm -hmm. You don't remember that? No, what happened? When we were planning the trip to uh, Jamaica, that was originally supposed to be to the Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah, then yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah. they're rounding up three generations of Haitians and removing them. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Dominican Republic is a, uh, that's a whole mess. That whole yeah. place is a mess. It's, it's a third world shitbox. And, uh, yeah. I mean, Puerto Rico is kind of third world, but with American road signs. Yeah. And dollars. Tell me, man, it's going cheap. I'm telling you, we need to go pick up some property down there. ASAP. You, you're the one who wanted an island. Yeah, now's the time. Right? Scoop it up under America's, while, while, while Bush is, or Trump is complaining about the NFL, we'll scoop it up cheap. $30 yeah. an acre. Go do some scouting. <laughs> See if there's a port that is in relatively good condition that we can, uh, we can put our thumb on. Right? We're going to... We're gonna use this is gonna we're gonna get helped by our Patreon. Uh our our favorite Patreon buddy Ed. <laughs> yes. He's he's gonna help us make this happen. For his monthly contribution, we we will allocate him seventeen acres on our plot. That's right. That's right. Probably all of our plot. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us will occupy one tenth of an acre. That's right. <laughs> A small shed at yes. the back of Ed's home. <laughs> Um, Michael, you are muted, sir. You you are muted. You are speaking. He is he is muted indeed. Is he speaking to us? I wonder if he is muted and deafened. He's probably speaking to the cat. He's probably talking. He to could be going to say. Oh. Is, I've said it before, and I've and I'll say it again. I'll gladly live in someone's shed or basement. <laughs> <laughs> you should have stayed muted for that, my man. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> What do we got? Here? What do we got here next? Yeah. Uh, so the next article is also mind, mind, mind. Um, a a groundbreaking oh, this, law yeah. out of Saudi Arabia uh, on Tuesday: women will be allowed to drive. <gasps> Let's all take a second and appreciate that. So, a great PR move by the heir to the throne of Saudi Arabia. Some 32-year-old guy, MBR is his, his abbreviation. I didn't take note of his full name. Um, but the king of Saudi Arabia, who is, I believe, in his 80s or 90s, and pretty much going senile, doesn't really, you know, he's kind of like a figurehead now. Apparently his son and heir to the throne is the one sort of making the laws, and he's, you know, our age. More progressive, wants to sort of get, you know, the image of Saudi Arabia back to the positive worldwide. Uh, a lot of people hate on them for various reasons. But now, I say now, in June 2018, women will have the right to drive. Sounds good. Doesn't work. 
because just because they'll have the right to drive does not mean they'll be allowed to procure a vehicle. Well, there we go. Yeah. Therein lies said rub. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can they own things? I do not believe so. In general, they have to be given permission by a uh, a manier of well, sorts they could, or they their could husband. Drive their husband's car with his permission, or right. if he is in the car. Now, one of the arguments that had been presented uh, prior to this this law being uh, announced was how will male drivers cope? With a woman in the vehicle next to them. The shame. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, a lot of them may feel that way. They may feel like, you know. It's so weird. Yeah. But anyways, in seven months' time or so, uh, women will have the right to drive in Saudi Arabia. Although, assuming they're allowed to drive, hopefully they like local traffic. Because they're probably not allowed to have a passport, so they can't leave the country. So, check out the back roads. I don't well, think there's where much they to go? do outside of Saudi Arabia anyway. I don't know. You see, see the adjacent desert? I want to go to Syria. It sounds like a great place. Yeah, I don't think so. I hear land is super cheap there now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going cheap. It's almost like Puerto Rico. <laughs> By Syria, the, way, the Puerto Rico of the Middle East. There you go, exactly. Bringing it back to uh, to Puerto Rico briefly. Uh, did you guys hear that uh, that study or that poll or whatever they want to call it? You're gonna have to be slightly more specific, more Pacific. What are you talking about the polls for? That's a negative. Term you got something Polish, Polish people? people? No, that's that's gonna come later. That's oh, where. That's, awesome. that's how Hitler started. Yeah. This is about a poll that was taken of 2,200 adults and only 50. So according to this, only 54% of Americans know that people born in Puerto Rico are U.S. citizens. That does not surprise me at all. Americans are dumb. True. We are dummies. Because it's dum-dums. It has a Spanish heritage. Uh, It is automatically not American. Right. Like Los Angeles. I wonder if they ask. There's another place, and I can't remember the name of it now because I'm also an idiot. But there's another territory that is the people there are sort of, they're sort of American citizens, but not really. (laughs) Well, there is the U.S. Virgin Islands. No, that there's Guam, American Samoa. No, it's the Marshall Mm -hmm. Islands too, right? Mm, One of those isn't one of those things is in a weird territorial mishmash where they have American citizenship. But they aren't American citizens or something, or they have a weird passport. I think or that's something. either American Samoa or Guam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are they are American nationals, but not American go. citizens. There you go. Whatever that means. Exactly. It's pretty. I I have a feeling that of the three of us, Mike would be the one who's most likely to pass a U.S. citizenship test. I, I, I don't think I was an American Samoan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that honor would fall to James. No. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, Evan. I was wondering that myself. I'm wondering if there's a... I'm sure there's a way to get a uh, a sample test. Oh, for sure. 
Okay. We'll have to investigate that. Yeah. I have a feeling it's super easy. Uh, I have a feeling it's very much not. I have a few friends who have taken it, and they're not they're not really that smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you have to be smart. You just have to be not an idiot. Yeah. But I could be wrong. That's a low-ass bar, my man. <laughs> that's well, a low-ass bar. I mean, you have to know certain things about the Constitution, which... Again, I think Mike is the most likely one of us Ooh. to know. Well, Maybe Evan, I'm very, putting you up on a pedestal. You're very kind. You know lots a... of obscure stuff. And I'm not necessarily saying the Constitution is obscure, but I certainly don't know much about it. Oh, boy. Fair enough. Please just... Well, we're going we're gonna to have to come back to that maybe next week. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll have our special uh, field consultant, Nicholas Cage, okay, on the line with us. Here's a question from Citizenship Practice Test 2. What does the Constitution do? A. Sets up the government. B. Defines the government. C. Protects basic American rights. D. All of the above. Hmm. Like I said, it's a that's, fucking That's kind easy of poorly worded. Test. It's an easy test. Well, that is if you're fucking test. if you're fucking from from Digibooty, then you're gonna struggle here. But <laughs> if Digi- you're an American citizen, you're gonna be straight. Is that where the fat ass Digimon come from? Digibooty? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the Digimon with all that all those cheeks. <laughs> oh my god! Look at that Digimon butt. Speaking bum, bum, of bum, Digibooty bum, bum, or whatever, there's a Digiroo thing going on today in downtown Silver Spring. Is that where everyone dresses up as a digital kangaroo? It is where someone plays a traditional Australian... Oh my god, kill yourself. A didgeridoo? There you go. That's it. Not whatever I said, but yeah. (laughs) A didgeroo? Whatever, man. I don't know what it's called. See? I'm so smart. and Boom. There we go. Down. People keep small digital pets in their pouch. Yes, those are called... What are they called? Fat people? No, no. People with front pouches? Let me see your pouch. <laughs> what, digipets? Go ahead, go ahead, I was girl. thinking those little, Open that those little digital things you carry around that's like you well, like, yeah, you like take care of, of it. There's digipets and then there's Tamagotchi. Tamagotchi. That's it. That's Tamagotchi. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to think of. Flashback to 1998. I'm going to include the citizenship practice test Please in the do. bottom of the thing here. Is so, it more than four questions? Oh, it's a ton of... It's like... There's like seven, 17 different tests. Okay. 17 different practice tests. Oh, perfect. So, All right. Is it a slideshow? Is it hosted from BuzzFeed? <laughs> <laughs> that would explain a lot, right? <laughs> no. Um, what kind of bread are you? No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, God, I always knew I was a sourdough. Always. <laughs> sourdough is, is great, my man. Look, I spelled that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's great. Just okay. take out that F, that L. Mm, yeah, it's better. There you, go. <laughs> you should have taken out that L. That would be it'd be test Yusef. Yeah, it's like who's Yusef? <laughs> then we could drop the U. Oh boy, Yosef. Yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, I like that too. That's good. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> What's next? What do we got? Tony, All right. Tony, so Tony. next up here, uh, great song from the eighties. 
Right. So not only is it a great song from eighty from from an eighty from the eighties, but it is a former now disgraced congressman. Ooh, Carlos Danger, my man. <laughs> named Anthony Weiner. That's his name, oh. man. Carlos Danger. I didn't. Was that his pseudonym? That's his pseudonym. That's where his nom de plume. That's what he's published yeah, his under. Nom de plume. Yeah, uh, Carlos Danger. That's what he went on Tinder and all those apps. Matter of fact, I have name. a. Oh, I really? have a Name. Yeah, it's Carlos Danger. I have a. I have all my test accounts at work are called Carlos Danger. <laughs> secrets are being revealed Wiener. today, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's funny. So yeah, so uh, this this story is a, a few days old, but uh, he was sentenced to 21 months in prison for sexting a 15 year old girl. Hmm. Do you think he will? Is he in prison yet? Do you think he'll see prison time, or will it be like? Probation oh, yeah. and no, no. They said it's twenty-one months in prison, and then after that, it's going to be three years of supervised release. Okay, so it's like Mar- like Martha Stewart. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that'd be club fed though. Um, you know what's funny? So his wife was Hillary Clinton's like number two. Uma or Huma? Yeah, yep. I forgot her name. Yeah, she's very Uma Abedin. Very embarrassing. Like yeah. could like. Could this be worse? Like, this guy is the biggest bungler, and he calls himself Carly's Dangerous. His name's fucking Wiener. I mean, he just <laughs> could not be a worse human being. He's he's cheated on his wife a million times. He's done all kinds of craziness. He's he's He would not stay out of the news when Hillary Clinton, when Hillary Clinton was running for, for office. Like, he just would not stop, like, fucking pulling his ding-dong out and taking pictures of his fucking back or whatever the fucking weirdness he was doing. You know, this guy invented the in front of the in front of the mirror shirtless shot. Like he invented that. That's that's his thing. He's a pioneer of human evolution. Ugh. Huma Abedin. <laughs> yeah, Huma Abedin. Yeah. <coughs> Just honestly, a horrible person. So anyway, glad to see him go away. Wish he's going away for longer. Oh yeah, she filed for divorce from him. By the way. Finally. Yeah. Should have divorced his punk ass a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That would have been bad for the campaign, James. Shit. So what's next? Oh wait, uh, did you even talk? So, so the article is just about him going to jail and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't miss it. Okay, that's it. Um, next up, I just wanted to mention this because we haven't been seeing too much about this in the news, and I thought it would it was worth mentioning. There's a, another cultural. Slash ethnic cleansing situation going on, but now it's in Myanmar. Ah, uh, yes, they're all too familiar, aren't they? Yeah, there's uh, they have a group of people in the country called the Rohingya. Mm-hmm. They are Muslim, where most of the people in Myanmar are Buddhist, and for the last year, year and a half, maybe more, they've been. Uh, hunted down by the Myanmar police and army. So a lot of them are fleeing uh, to other countries like Malaysia, Thailand, Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are actually Hindu. Like a small minority of them are actually Hindu. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. 
It's pretty bad. An unfortunately familiar story to that region. Mm-hmm. Lots of cleansings over there. Well, yeah. I'm sure there's some cleansing going on in Africa that we don't even know about right now. Oh, oh for yeah, sure. Absolutely. You guys are different. Yep. Yeah. Done. You're you're too black. You're not black enough. <laughs> Where's my machete? <laughs> yeah. Too black or not black enough. I like it. Yep. yep. Your tribe is not my tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that uh, Voyager episode with Bolana Torres where the, the robots are fighting? They're like, the other people believe the builders created the universe in six days. We believe it took seven. Some no, it's, like not even, it's not even that stupid. But Okay. I mean, it wasn't that stupid, but it was... I mean, there's, they're like both I- almost identical robots with yeah. almost identical ships. They're like, one, one was silver, one was gold. Yeah. I mean, the whole deal was that just their two race, their two, the people who built them were at war. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what those people looked like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, now they're still fighting the war and they, they killed their creators already. Yeah. Cause, cause the creators were trying to stop them from fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. Like the war is over. Everything's cool. They're like, fuck that. Mm hmm. So, yeah. That that deviates from our programming. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a good episode. Yeah. So yeah, so Rohingya, Myanmar, Bangladesh. Cultural All genocide, right. yep. Mm-hmm. Good times. Alright, so uh next up I just have one thing in the Stranger Danger section here. So there's an exploit that has been made public that affects versions of OS X, or now it's called Mac OS. It affects every version, including the latest version that was just released earlier this week. Ooh, I thought Macs don't get viruses. (laughs) No one said that. (laughs) I thought that was like a big selling point. They just work, right? They do just work. You're on trial now, Mike. Right, because I'm... Uh, the you're, you're the Mac guy. You had a hand in its <laughs> deployment and proliferation. Right. James, let's hear your hate. Come on, please. Dude, I have nothing to say. <laughs> He's like, Evan said it all. <laughs> <laughs> what about well, the I new $1,000 iPhone? I heard about this, and I was very excited. And then they were like... Yeah, this is a thing that actually works on all Mac, all on on most of the recent Mac OSs, and it's not new, and it's only if you use unsigned blah blahs. And I was like, okay, I'll let it slide this once because it's not. Because I mean, what is a PC user to talk shit? Our computers are basically like fucking fishing nets. They're just like catching every fucking thing. <laughs> so it's all good. The security is poor as the net, but it catches everything. <sighs> I don't know your exact mental state, James, but I'm gonna have to have to ask you to um check yourself. Why? This is very unlike you. You've never turned down an opportunity to bash out. I look I I, I Are I you saw... okay? 
genuine I, concern. I saw, I saw this. I'm telling you, I saw this, and I was very excited. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to bend Michael over his desk. But then I was like, after I after I really like got an understanding of it, I was like, oh, okay. This is just like really just someone hyping up something that's been around for a while. And only, I mean, it's like it's like like you say, oh, Android OS is super vulnerable if you install things that don't come from the store, and you install things that like when they say, oh, I want to have access to everything on your phone, and you don't read it, it's kind of your fault, right? You know, like if you install something weird, you you know you did it to yourself, and that's the same thing here. And I feel like anything you install something weird on, you're asking for trouble. You know, don't install weird shit on your computers. So it's so, a lesson in personal responsibility. Yeah, that's what I think this is. I think this is less a Mac problem than it is, you know. It's not like Apple and Apple and Apple said they have. I, I don't know if they patched it yet. Have they patched it yet? I don't think so. Yeah, last time I heard they hadn't patched it, but Apple did say they were like, they're like, bro, we told you not to download dumb stuff, and we gave you plenty of warnings, and with the and the OS gives you a warning when you try to download dumb stuff. What else do you want us to do? Stop being an idiot. So, I mean, I, honestly, I'm not mad at them. People should be smarter. You know? If you put stupid stuff on your computer, you're going to get stupid stuff happening to you. Whether it's a Mac or PC or Android or fucking BOS box or, you know, mm-hmm. fucking I, compact iPad, for Christ's uh, sake. Amiga? Or an Amiga, yeah. Yep. So, okay. just, just so for the sake of completeness, I'll just say this is a way to... Exfil the data in a keychain on the Mac. So that's explain two of the three words you just said. (laughs) Well, the keychain is the way is the way that a Mac stores. You can use it to store usernames and passwords and stuff. Okay. And the other word I used is called is exfil. James, you know what that means? Yeah. He's a military man. Exfiltrate? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Steal, remove, take, mm-hmm. pilfer, or seize. Hmm. Hmm. All right. To break free. Remove. Why did I put that in game theory? I don't know. Oh my god, I really Because it's my game today. it's fantasy. I'm so off my game today. <laughs> uh I wish I put that. While James corrects his glaring errors in the show notes. I'm going to put it in Stranger Date now. I'll put mm-hmm. it up here in the news. Can we mm-hmm. jump back up to this? Sure. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I had put something in game theory because like, I'm like being an idiot and I'm like I'm totally out of my shit. And I was yelling at Michael. I was like, Michael, get out of my box. <laughs> you know? And it was totally, totally wrong. I was totally putting it in something weird. And these guys just watched me do it and didn't say anything. So, okay. Um, September, I think it was September 23rd, the world was supposed to end. You have to learn how to fall to learn how to stand up again. Basically. So, anyway, September 23rd, the world was supposed to end. Or some, some such date. The 23rd or the 24th. Um, basically a planet called Nibiru was going to be the kind of a, the herald of destruction of the end times. Uh, it was supposed to float through our system, our soul, the solar system, the soul system, and give us a, be the, be the, be the herald of destruction. Turns out that if a rogue planet floated through our solar system, it would do a lot of, uh, 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 many things unrelated to heralding the end times. 
Um, but uh, people, this guy, what's his name here? Uh, so you're saying it was not a a torch guiding the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Not at all. Oh. It turns out that it does not fucking exist. Because what? if a rogue planet went through our fucking star system, it would pull many planets off of their courses. Mars would like crash into Venus or some shit like that. It'd be a mess. It'd be a total disaster. The moon would be like yanked out, out of our orbit. We'd be probably destroyed. I mean, it'd be a whole disaster. It wouldn't. And plus, I mean, here's the thing, right? It's funny that these people come up with these things. So the guy who came up with this whole thing is a Christian numerologist. Mm. Um, this is a thing where basically you look through the Bible and you're like, or biblical numerologist. This is like you, 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 or Christian numerologist, I guess. But basically, they look through the Bible and they're like, "Oh, Jesus was thirty-three. There are thirty-three letters in uh, the Book of John, uh, chapter five, six, thirty-three. Blah, 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 blah." And they say, "Oh, these are these are all important," and they tie it into some fucking crazy fucking scheme, you know? And they say, "Oh, the day, the world will end on the thirty-third day of the thirty-third month." I mean, it's, I'm just using some some weird shit, okay? So people from the Billy Graham's, uh, Billy Graham's like nuthouse, basically Billy Graham's like R&D crazy place. It's called the Cove, I think it is, where, you know, Billy Graham is a total, they're fucking all ape shit over there. But even them, they're like, here's a quote. He says, there's no such thing as Christian numeral as a Christian numerologist. You basically got a made up expert in a made up field talking about made up, talking about a made up event. It sort of justifies that there's a special secret number code in the Bible that nobody believes. So even the hardcore Christian maniacs think this guy's full of shit. But a lot of people believe this shit, you know. But the the whole Nibiru thing is very old. It was the whole it was supposed to be here in twenty twelve. Um and it was supposed to be here again since then, and now it's back again, and now the guy's saying it's gonna be here in October in October. Um this guy Fuck, I can't find his name. His name is well, not in the original article. As we all know, the disaster in 2012 was averted through um, good works by Woody Harrelson and John Cusack. That's right. Um, so that's history. That was a given. I'm curious where you uh, or why you picked the number 33. Because um, because Jesus died at th- 33 years old, and that's that's one of their special numbers. Okay. Um. Fun fact, David Mead is the guy's name and he looks like a fucking creeper. He looks like he just he looks like he got he woke up, took a picture smiling and then raped three young girls. Mm. You know, and enjoyed every greasy minute of it. I mean, he just looks like a fucking creepy fuck. He could so, have done more productive things with his day. To him it's probably just right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Anyway, this whole thing's happening. I have lots of links, and I'll post them. I'll add them into my original thing. Um, there's a one. This was one poor guy at NASA who basically has spent the last like ten years of his career talking, tell, trying to explain to people why Nibiru is not a thing and it can't exist, and why why can't we see it, and why you know why isn't NASA talking about it because it's not real. And every time some of this stuff happens, right? Every time some nut job is like, "Oh my God, there's a meteorite coming! Oh my God, there's Planet X is coming! Nibiru's gonna crash into the Earth!" NASA has to stop and address this. So they have these moments where they have to like be like, "Okay, so this is why this is happening, and this is why Nibiru is not real." And I feel sorry for this guy. 
um, NASA had a panel talking about it, and they have an article on their webpage called Beyond 2012, Why the World Didn't End, and there's an update on that article for September 20th um, talking about why the world is not going to end on September 23rd and why Nibiru can't happen and why it doesn't exist. And uh, it's really fucking kind of sad. Um, so this this original post was the 22nd, December 22nd, 2012, um, because 2012 was the mat, was it supposed to be the time when it was going to end. And they have this quick Q&A up here about it. But they have to constantly readdress it. It's just funny and sad, and it goes to what we were talking about about people like not knowing Puerto Rico's a place. Like Americans are fucking stupid, mm-hmm. you know. You you don't you you know. I hate to say this, but this is like the reason why I'm an atheist because you believe in fucking some magic guy with a beard who came down from Magic Land to fucking magic your life together. He of course your core is gonna believe in fucking not gonna believe in basic scientific principles where like you can look through a telescope and see a rogue planet. And that there's gravity and all this. You're not going to believe. Of course, you're not going to believe that stuff. But what you if know? it's a dark planet full of pure devil evil? Oh, Jesus. And it's you know made of unobservable dark matter. So here's the funny thing, right? You know how they have the, the mystery, the possible mystery planet nine that they say is like way out past the Oort cloud mm-hmm. and it's really dark out there. They can't see it, but they feel like there must be a planet out there because all these things are held into something's gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, you have used that to say that, Oh, NASA has recognized that Nibiru exists, you know? So it's, it's kind of funny that you say that because hmm. anyway, I'll put these links in the description and that's all I want to talk about. Just a little quick thing. Okay. Well, I had one quick thing to mention. Um, a a wholehearted rest in peace to great uh, the the late great Hugh Hefner. That's right. He was doing God's work for all mankind. Was he? Yes. Yes, he was. Okay. Please observe proper microphone etiquette. I won't. Michael sits here muted for like fucking 15 minutes. Then he comes back and he's like, was he? <laughs> fucking dick. That's why I'm here, James. Oh, mm-hmm. That is my role. I'm always afraid if I hit mute, it's going to like put on, put muted. <laughs> <laughs> so That's I just why you just got to turn the messages off. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, shall we uh, discuss the book of the month, which we had approximately 10 days to cover? Let's jump in. Mike? Huh? No, I'm kidding. What? So, yes, so we read a book. Well, some of us read a book called Autonomous, a novel by Anna Lee Newitz. And it's a pretty good book. It's set in the year 2144. And in the book, there are humans and then there are also robots. They're simply just called bots. And I guess it's possible, it seems like from the descriptions in the book, that a lot of the bots can be very human-like in their appearance. So much so that you might not even be able to tell them apart, at least at first glance. Mm-hmm. One of the characters 
Med, is that who you were thinking of? Mm-hmm. Was was raised an autonomous robot, and her face was modeled after someone who is long dead, uh, their Facebook pictures. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So in the story, uh, the story starts off, it's a story about this woman who her her nickname is Jack. And she's a she's a pirate slash smuggler. But the things that she's pirating and smuggling are reverse engineered drugs that she manufactures herself. So in the future here, there's a lot of you know, there's uh there's companies, you know, big pharma, all that. And but there's a lot of drugs that they don't make available to people simply because they can't afford it usually is the case and so she what she does she takes the drug she reverse engineers it to figure out how to make it and then she manufactures it herself and either sells it for cheap or gives it away mm-hmm. now the the whole reason that someone's after her they she reverse so in order to pay for for all this stuff because she gives away most of the the drugs that helps people. She also reverse engineers drugs that people just want but don't need, like kind of like uh, Prozac or Xanax or something like that. But in this case, it's a drug that is supposed to make you happy about doing your job. Mm-hmm. Like Provigil, is that what it is? And New Vigil, and Vivance. Oh yeah, I guess it's kind of like that. Violence doesn't give you an orgasm when you fucking like. Ooh, I like some code. <laughs> mm. Well, in this one, she reverse engineers one of these drugs, but it turns out that it's highly addictive. Zacuity. And people start like going nuts, and they end up causing themselves or others to die. Yeah. So. The designer drugs are kept expensive to sort of reinforce rich versus the poor and class systems and everything, in my humble opinion. Um, the drug that we just mentioned, Acuity, the worker drug, is distributed by some corporations to their workers, um, but can also be found on the, on the black market and basically destroys the person's uh, reward center of the brain. So nothing other than their job makes them happy. So all they want to do is a job. And the way they die from that is by basically not sleeping, not leaving their job for, you know, a week, and they'll die of, like, dehydration or organ failure. Seems like a short-sighted... Like, you design this, you're like, oh, people are dying. Better stop. Because it's like, okay, you give it to people, you give it to a company, but like, this is going to fucking make you millions of dollars. Well, but it's like, meant to be... All your employees are going to die. Controlled. So they... Zaxi, the, the company who makes this drug, um, you know, would sell it to corporations for worker enhancement, we'll say. Um, but the doses were closely monitored. And any symptoms were uh, controlled early. 
Um, but I mean, plenty of like real life drugs. You know, if you take like a drug for blood pressure, it's like side effects may include death. Yeah, true. Very true. So, <laughs> you know, it's not that unreasonable. So, pl- please continue, Mike. So, <clears throat> because so this woman Jack, she realizes that the drug that she reverse engineered is causing harm, and so the the company that makes the the drug Zaxi, they realize that there's an illegal version of it out there. So someone's making pirated versions. So they they uh, tap and they basically talk to the authorities who are kind of in bed with these large companies and say, hey, we need you to, to deal with this. And so they send a human agent and his robotic partner to try and find out who is distributing the drugs and stop them. Mm-hmm. And the whole, it isn't like, oh my God, they're causing harm. It's more like they're, they're hosing our profits. We need to stop them. You know, like they're, they're basically like the intellectual property police. Yeah. If James, have you seen, you've seen Serenity, right? Sure. Do you remember, uh, the black assassin? Yes. So the human hunter, I would kind of think of him in that role. Like, I don't think of myself as a good person. I work for the Federation hunting down whoever they deem a criminal. That's my job. I'm not going to heaven for this. Right. That's how I thought of his character. Mike, do you have differing opinions or feelings? Did you Um, see Serenity? (laughs) <laughs> no. Okay. He Never reminds mind. me of Victor Zaz. Does anybody know who that is? No. I, I don't. He's a, not. he's a hitman in Gotham, a show that I ended up watching while I was sick. Hmm. Okay. I watched the entire season of, and it's he reminds me of that character because he's like, like you feel like I could hang out with this guy and have a beer, but you also realize he's like some kind of a sociopath. Yeah, very like he'll sociopath. he'll just kill you. Yeah, he'll just kill you. Mm-hmm. Victor Zaz. Hmm. He's more Zaz. Yeah, Google him. It's hilarious. It's funny. <laughs> it's a good time. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Evan, you're right. Um, although, to me, it seems that the, the agents are very much, at least the way they're told about it, is they're very much, you know, about it. Mm-hmm. They're not like oh, we're just, you know, doing whatever. I mean, they seem to be like, this is important. Yeah, know? I mean, they buy into it. Yeah. Like, but, and I think that's, that's mainly a result of them being told about the illegal or the the people that are dying as a result of taking this right. reverse They're like, engineered drug. The, the people who are, the Jack, who is reverse engineering this, is obviously doing it maliciously and they are now classified as a terrorist. So go get them. Right, yeah, that's that's how it's they're it's they're told to a them. different a different uh, story. Right, of. that's how it's presented to the two agents. Yeah, 
Um, and so this the story is very very interesting. So it's these two agents trying to track down who is responsible for this and neutralizing the threat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, several killing sprees go on throughout the book. Oh yeah, there's definitely some murder and mayhem. Um, the the way the the world is divided geopolitically is very interesting mm-hmm. in the future. Like there's the African coalition, there's this, there's that. The Asian Union, I believe, the free trade something, it's free trade zone, which is, as far as I know, that's the U.S. Mm-hmm. And part of Canada, at least, which is, okay, I scoffed at the fact that most of this book took place in Canada. Like, oh, yeah, you, that's you find that thing. out in like the first paragraph, I was like, ugh. Yeah. This book is trash. I was like, I know what Evan and James are going to say. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's like in Saskatoon. Yeah. I was like, yes. Saskatoon. <laughs> yeah, man. So, but here's the thing. So, okay. So the book's called Autonomous, right? So the whole thing is that robots are manufactured, but they're not autonomous, initially so unless they're you know just built that way from the start but they usually aren't Mm -hmm. so the manufacturer or whoever's responsible for having them built um usually the robot is indentured for 10 years meaning this other company kind of basically owns them Mm -hmm. to offset the cost of their production exactly and because of this because of these indenturement laws they said they finally said, well, how come a human can't be indentured? Yep. So now they have laws on the books where humans can be indentured for a certain amount of time. Yeah, that was weird. It was like, if a robot can get human rights, why can't a human get robot rights, which include the right to be indentured? Yeah. I was like, ha. That's interesting. Yeah. It raises some interesting kind of like uh mm-hmm. yeah so that's uh that's interesting in and of itself there's a lot of uh so that the drug engineering thing is very interesting there's a lot of you know i'll say gene not gene splicing but maybe there's some of that going on like genetic engineering genetic gene engineering yeah all kinds three, of stuff lots going of 3d on. printing yep the technology in the book uh, in my mind, is very feasible for the next 120 years. And I thought it was well presented. Um, at, before I got to, I guess, where they started talking about, um, you know, the haves and the have-nots, the rich and the poor, the class divide, and designer pharmaceuticals, there was a mention of, like, autism treatment for for uh, infants and everything. So I was like, it's 120 years from now, why is there still autism? But it kind of makes sense, you know, if you want to keep the the social classes in check. Hmm. Like, it's, it's not going to be United Federation of Planets. It's going to be the way it is now with more technology. Right. Which actually seems probable. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yep. So there's... So there's humans that are indentured, there's robots that are indentured, and here's the thing, after a robot 
is no longer indentured. It becomes, as the book is called, autonomous. And they're given an autonomy key, which basically is like a password that pretty much gives them root access to all of their systems. Yeah. So prior to that time, they don't have like administrator level access to all of their programs and things running on themselves. Yep. So it's kind of it, it interesting. Can often come as a shock. So the book says, because once you gain the ability to look at yourself as a, as an autonomous robot, you start to say like, okay, so what from my past is actually me and what was a program? Like, what was programmed into me? So they say, like, you know, a fair amount of uh, newly autonomous robots have probably the equivalent of a mental breakdown. Trying to mm-hmm. deal with that. Yeah, although I would I would venture to say there's no difference. Um, between, you know, am I programmed this way or am I this way? I mean, there's no... Right. I mean, I guess there's a thought of like, did I, did I make the choice or did some algorithm make the choice? I guess. Right. But you are that algorithm, right? I mean, what's the, yeah, but you didn't have a choice to say whether that algorithm was in place. Right. But it's, it's a a good uh, mental exercise to think about it. So, I mean, aren't you programmed right by your environment and your parents? Partially. And then... At least some, in your in your infancy, yes. Some they have a big influence. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's your, that's your core programming, and then everything else is, like, dictated by <clears throat> how you choose to survive in that second of that day. Mm-hmm. And then every other moment is just survival. It's the, the outliers of the people who plan way ahead and have some kind of a, I feel like those are the true individuals. Everyone else is just like fucking they, everyone else is just a robot. We're just like making it, you know, just making it, you know? So should we talk about some of the weird stuff now? Go ahead. Okay. So James, uh, this, this little blurb is for you. One of many. Um, actually, let me start with uh, something to address one of Mike's concerns. So several weeks ago, we were talking about Star Trek Discovery, and you had an issue with the fact that one of the main characters, played by a female, uh, her name was Michael. Right. As far as I know, every female, every sort of leading female in this book has a traditionally male name. Hmm. At I least they th- go by that name. I hadn't thought of that. So there's Janice Chen. She's like the main. I think it's Judith Chen, but was okay. Protagonist. Well, she's whatever. She goes yeah. by Jack. That's who we're talking right. about. Jack. One of her lovers in the past, who was a female, her name was Lyle. One of Jack's former pirate counterparts or coworkers. <laughs> Went by Frankie. the pseudonym Frankie. Um, so there's that. And it turns out that... So the the robot agent, Paladin, had a human brain, like, 
I was telling Mike earlier, like Krang from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> um, and that brain, as it turns out, was from a woman whose name was not, you know, a guy's name or anything. I don't think we never learned the first name because mm-hmm. um, they were in the military. They just addressed it like once as the as that person's last name. Um, but everyone sort of assumes that this military robot is a he. So if you, I mean, it's a woman's brain, but like a masculine figure. So it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of similar. So I thought that was interesting. Here's what I thought was strange. I'm sorry to go off topic, but I, and I haven't just so everyone understands. I have not finished the book because I was just jamesing it. So, but here's what I didn't understand. Why is the is the brain basically used as like a graphical processor like that? Like you really need a fucking brain to be like, oh, that's a person, and let's add an identifier to it. I don't understand. It's, it's for recognition of like facial features and facial expressions. Why do you need a human brain for that? Like we can do computers can do that right now. Uh, I don't know. To me, that's just a weird thing that um, the so author put like, in. Supercomputers can do that now. Yeah, but I mean, you think in a hundred and odd years, you won't be able to have a fucking iPhone that can do that? Perhaps. Or guy phone or whatever they're fucking called. Them. <laughs> non, a non-binary phone? Yeah, non-binary phone. Shim, schlur. <laughs> schlur phone. Anyway, please yeah. continue. Um, so there's the sort of male versus female persona. And one of Paladin's thoughts... Um, while she was analyzing a term that Elias or Elias said, uh, faggot, they were like, what could this possibly mean? And one of her revelations was, as I have it in my notes here, um, she knew that gender was a part of the human sexual desire, but began to perceive that gender could, uh, could be a way of seeing the world too. And as a note to myself, after that, I put hashtag SJW. Yeah, I don't um, think gender is... Is gender a way of seeing the world? I don't know. We we are relatively biased. I mean, I guess if you're born as a female, then you might see the world differently than a male because females are treated differently. Mm-hmm. But if you're born as a fucking robot, can you say, oh, I'm a, I am now female and I will see the world in a female way? That doesn't make any sense to me. That's well, the, of... the robot sees it in a robot way, but oh. she was trying to understand how he was, u- why, why he was using that word and sort of extrapolating her own unique thoughts about it. Okay. Not because she had a woman's brain or he was a military robot, whatever. Can, um, could, could the, can the robot drive? Um, they are in the African Union. No, but only because of its size. Uh, yeah, it sat in the bed of a truck once. Not a um, it it may have fit inside of a helicopter, though the helicopter was uh, automated, so mm. can't really say for sure. Um, shall we talk about the uh, human robo uh, intertwining, as it were, Mike? Sure. So. <clears throat> Is this between the main the Elizas and the robot? Yeah. Ugh. You know what? <laughs> so look, there I read is. the 
I read the thing and it was like they come together in a way unexpected or something like that. Like I read the and I was like, please don't tell me some fucking robot person butt sex or something like that. I mean, not that graphic and not in not not in a traditional sense. Um, but there was a, a love interest expressed by the human towards the robot. Gross. Um, even Actually, more so once he found out that the brain was female, he's like, oh, that must be why I've been attracted to you this whole time. I did Leroy. Um, there, the, the bot paladin, for whatever reason, had a program installed that would simulate an orgasm. Why? <laughs> why? It was basically like spasm and then reboot. <laughs> why would they have I don't that? Know. I don't know. I See that this that's the kind no, of No, I thought I thought that was I thought that was something else, Evan. I thought that was a uh one of those weird black market I'll say black market, but it's not really black market programs. Well that she okay. downloaded. That I don't remember that being mentioned, but that could be it. Um prior to that happening in the story, they were uh at a university or you know, a dorm meeting or something like that where they were given access to uh, a bunch of like you know i'll say open source firmware and software and stuff like that yeah yeah so that makes more sense i had not i did not put that together um let's anyway, continue. see uh i can't let's see I want to hear about this ro- robogasms. Okay, so yeah, this is where well, there that was basically covered in like one or two pages. It wasn't like a big theme, uh, although their their love for one another was expressed several times. So the reason I wanted to address the gender issues first, leading up to to this next part, uh, when Jack and the other pirates, and uh, I don't remember what their org was called because I could never pronounce it correctly. Something like the bilious pills. Um. That's it. Okay, very good. So at their meetings, their meetings. Oh, I, I copied this directly out of the the ebook. Meetings always began with beer and a foul-tasting drink called club mate, an old tradition no! that went back to hacker spaces no! of the twentieth century. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I heard. I was listening to the book and I saw that. And I was like, I heard that. I was like, ha ha! I was like, James and Evan are gonna love that. You yep. can kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Club mate. Yep. Ugh, gross. Yep. That's hilarious. So that one's for you, James. Um, one thing I was telling Mike about earlier, sort of, and uh, James, you were probably here actually. Um, is the sort is the vulnerabilities in technological systems and social systems. Yeah. Dem- demonstrated by how Paladin can like hack into you know sensor networks or compromise computer systems and you know observe and observe pick out the network traffic and uh, get in that way on the technological side and the social side. Um, Elias was sort of teaching teaching Paladin social engineering and human intelligence mm-hmm. and trying to like. You know, show how you, if you volunteer some information about yourself, try to ingratiate yourself to strangers, then that's like the best way of getting them to trust you and getting more information. So one uh, show title that I preemptively wrote down 
which you may or may not like, I called bonding vulnerabilities. Huh. Social and technological. Um, it was a pretty good book. At the very end, I didn't I didn't copy it out of the ebook, but at the very end, there was a very blatant statement about like gender recognition and transgender life and you know not fitting into norms where i personally feel like that could have been left out yeah it's the author's book put it in if you want to but i feel that all those sort of topics were very well you know interspersed throughout the book itself but if you want to say it you know blatantly then fine i didn't feel like it added anything hmm I guess I I didn't notice that, or I I I dropped it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like the second to last page, you know, a paragraph. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like as I said, you guys got way farther in the book than I did, but it seems yes. like just from listening to what you guys have said, it seems like that the whole book has that kind of a theme. And I hate to say this, but the Club Monte thing kind of tells me right there that this person is somebody who you know. Who would visit Hope on a regular basis? Yeah, and who you would are like, correct, and who would like go to one of those go to go to one of those weird talks and be like, "Oh, this is good and relevant, and I enjoyed it." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, not it's nothing wrong with that. I mean, whatever to each his own. But I mean, the book seems like if the a lot of female characters have male names and stuff, it seems like a message is trying to be sent mm-hmm. about what the future might be like. And no. I mean, that's fine, whatever you know. I don't know. I mean. The, those messages throughout the book are not overbearing. And, you know, if you don't sort of reflect on what you've read while moving forward in the book, you might miss that kind of stuff or, you know, not actually even think about it. Um, and it could be as simple as the the topic of gender equality in general, not necessarily like LGBTQ+, plus whatever, you know, those are um but you can be your own judge it is a good book so i mean that's... so so here's what i here's and, and again i didn't fin- i didn't finish the book but um and maybe this is addressed in a different way toward the end of the book but like i feel like the author isn't human centric because i feel like a human being born right now there's no way you could write a book where you're like, oh, robots and people are the same and they can earn their way out of their indentureship the same way. And because she actually makes the point in the book where it's like a robot can just get his autonomy key and then be like, oh, I'm autonomous. Things are cool. But you can't deprogram a human without lots and lots of like, like it just it's a way mm-hmm. different endeavor. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's a lot of reasons why we would not, as human beings, we wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, people can be indentured. Like, I feel like that just would not be allowed. You know what I mean? I feel like we have a really horrible past with slavery. I feel like it's been banned many places for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, America at that time, hundreds and hundreds of years. I just feel like it wouldn't. That could never be a thing. I don't know. I I feel like it's a commentary sort of. With the recent discussion of, you know, $15 minimum wage, okay, we'll replace you with robots. And then saying, well, with, you know, um, uh, 
what's the word? Not virtual reality. What are robots? For people, no, what? And what's a robot brain? Artificial intelligence. Yeah. Like, what are the rights, you know, should robots have rights? And that has actually been a discussion in recent you know, months. It's a, that's a great question, but and I think that robots should have rights. And when that when it, when it comes to the point where they're so intelligent that they're like, yeah, I'm I'm people, but I don't think you can compare that to a person. No, but know? what I was saying is like this presents an argument that probably most people hadn't thought of. They're like, yeah, robots yeah. are robot; they can have rights, but extend that. How does that affect the rights of humans? You know, and this sort of presents an argument in a way that you're like, oh, I didn't consider that. Maybe we should, you know, think this through more deeply going forward. Maybe. Not to but, saying that, uh, not to saying that robots are less than people. If well, in the they future are where they are intelligent, but I'm just saying that people are people. You know, and I think our our rights are our rights, and I think robots are robots. And when it comes to get them their inalienable rights, then Great, then they'll get those rights, and they'll be equal to us in one way or another. But that I feel like that doesn't mean that. Oh yeah, we should also have slavery again. Like yeah, doesn't make not sense. to discount that slavery definitely exists, like in a lot of places on this. Planet. Oh yeah, of it's just not still... part of our lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, of course, it still, still exists. So <laughs> as long as a robot has a couple friends, some keys, and at least one credit card. They can be considered a person, and they will have the same rights as a person. Hmm. Something to think about. Food for thought. I don't know. Some people shouldn't be people. What does mm -hmm. a robot credit card look like, by the way? Does it say, like... It's skin-colored? 627-567-5678. Is that, like, what the name on the credit card says? Hmm... Or just say something like Fang. What kind of name <laughs> would a robot pick? If a robot could pick names. <laughs> well, in the book, the robots have pretty standard names. I mean, maybe not that standard, but standard enough. They're I'm not like, like, you know, I am robot 8294785. You know, they're Paladin or mm -hmm. Fang or... No, but but they were given those names. names. Yeah, they were given those names. And how many paladin and fangs can they possibly? Well, you were given your name. Yeah, I was. I I, I happen to be okay with it. <laughs> if I if I were born with the cognitive ability to choose my own name, you know, five minutes out of the womb, who knows what the fuck I would have chosen? Yeah. <laughs> right. Wom Wombat Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, all right, all right, all right. Mike, you got anything else about this book? No, um, the only thing, I mean, Evan kind of said it already. There's a lot of like, I won't really say SJW stuff. I was thinking more. There's a lot of gay stuff in the book. There's some, <laughs> there's some gay stuff, yeah. A couple, Which, uh, a lesbian scene, well, a lesbian incident, uh, and the guy in the robot. Right. I feel like the one that I'm missing. To that. No, no. I mean, that's okay. Pretty much it, but I was like, I don't know, that seems to be a topic that's coming up more and more these mm -hmm. days, I guess. Yeah. 
I feel like we gotta get used to that stuff. I mean, that's just a thing that's happening now. I mean, there's that that TV show um, that I love. That I well, I don't say I love. It's, it's a dumb TV show. I realize all TV shows now are Dawson's Creek with some kind of an angle on it. So hmm. um, this is Dawson's Creek with uh, where Wyatt Earp's great 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 dad granddaughter killed demons or something with his with his gun the peacemaker we've kind of talked about that before we have talked about it so it's called winona erp yes the the best thing about this show is there's a lesbian couple in it their relationship develops over time from one girl being completely straight to the other girl being suspiciously gay possibly and they end up as a lesbian relationship and that relationship is more interesting than the fucking show (laughs) um because it's so well developed and the two chicks are so fucking hot. Um, Waverly Earp is one chick's name, but she's actually British. And the other chick's name is Officer Hot. <laughs> and dude, they're both fucking hot. They're yeah. both like banging. I'm telling you, Google them both. It's worth your time. And actually, you can... They, so they have a Twitter handle for their relationship called Way Hot. That's awesome. <laughs> and people are obsessed with this. People are obsessed with their lesbian relationship, you know. And actually, there's a few a few TV shows now where like the whole lesbian thing is a thing, like mm-hmm. it's becoming a thing. So this is like one of those situations. Like I'm sure we all remember when it was okay to say gay and faggot and all that kind of stuff. And you look on TV. Trump was saying gay. No, but you know what I mean. Like, oh, that's gay. Like you're not allowed to say that anymore. Oh, gay. That. Yeah, but so we all remember when it was okay to say that. We all remember when you would not, you could not look on TV. And you will not see anything about anybody gay. Now you see gay people all the time gaying it up. You know, shows about gay people and gay people being gay things and all gayness. Now you see all see it everywhere. So now we're we're getting lesbians and soon we'll get transgenders, which we already have in a few TV shows. Um, so it's it's only a matter of time before we just have to get used to this is like the new world. A you lesbian know? main character uh was played by Ming Na in Stargate Universe. There you go. True. Mm-hmm. And James and I watched a TV show where there was some gayness going on. Mm-hmm. The British Held people. Hands while watching it. British people. What show was that, Michael? Torchwood. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Main character is like so gay. He loved the kids of Hawk. <laughs> I can't think of his name to save my life, but Captain Jack or some shit. I don't know. Jesus Christ. James. James. It's, it's an accident, man. You're you're forbidden from touching the show notes from now on. You are to submit your links via email. <laughs> a curator will place them appropriately. <laughs> a curator. <laughs> so I give a copy and paste and do that. I gotta paste things into a fucking yeah. text box or something ahead of time. Um so would you like to announce our next book? Yeah. So the next book is Astrophysics Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Short mm-hmm. book. Uh something fun that everybody can read. It's on Amazon. Go pick it up. It's like if the if you have Audible, the Audible book's three hours long. If you have Amazon, it's probably, you know, a few hundred pages. But it's gonna be a good book. It's quick kind of probably like a quick overview of astrophysics. Mike Evans said comparable to uh what's it called? Like, a brief history yeah. of time. There you go, a brief history probably. of time. Probably. Possibly. Anything's possible. Or it could be about gay, lesbian robots. 
There could be some of that. We don't know. Yeah. So anyway, Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson can't go wrong with a book by him. So um, check it out. That's our October book. Good pick. Move on to some science fiction. Yes, yes, yes. Even though we just talked about some science fiction for like 40 minutes. Yeah, I know. I know. This is really bad because I, so I've been out for like two or three episodes and I've been listening to you guys talk about the Orville and Star Trek Discovery. And I've been like listening to you guys. And I'm like, I want to say my piece. <laughs> so <laughs> as I told you guys, I was like, the Orville's probably going to suck because I don't think what's his name is funny. I don't think Seth MacFarlane's funny, mm-hmm. but he does a great job. I think, kind of let not letting the story be about him, and playing this kind of straight captain who does awkward things every now and again, and the the cast. Even though there's some really bad one-liners, there are some real gems. I think the most recent episode had several gems in it where you're like, "This is just funny." Um, but at the same time, it tackles, it's a legit, it's a legitimate science fiction show. If you want something that harkens back to Star Trek, the next generation, I think this is the show. Yeah. I had that thought. Sorry to interrupt, but I was like, this might be more of the Star Trek that I think of than Star Trek discovery is Star Trek. Absolutely. And you can see even by the opening of the show, they said, we want to do something like Voyager and Enterprise, not Enterprise, but Voyager and uh, what's it called with the opening, you know, like you can see that they try to do everything they could to mimic some mm-hmm. of those great, I hate to say this, but UPN, <laughs> the UPN Star Trek shows, you know what I mean? Yeah. They tried to mimic those shows best they could um, from top to bottom, the lighting, the camera work, um, the way the bridge looks, everything. I think they did a great job and I think they did, they give you enough variety, enough difference for you to be like, okay. You know, and then they have like the characters like Bordis and his fucking husband. Yeah. You know, and that the, that episode, what about a girl or whatever? I mean, that episode was so fucking serious, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, um, it was good though. It was a Star Trek. Michael, find whatever you're looking for and get it and be done with it. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not gonna look at your camera anymore. I'm swearing heaven. Knuckle deep. Jesus Christ, man. This guy is just burrowing for gold. He keeps going in and pulling out, going in and pulling out. And I'm looking at this asshole just, just reaching, man. God damn it, man. Are you done? It doesn't stop. No. There. Good. He turned, he turned his camera off. Do us all a favor. Christ <laughs> almighty. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Michael. So, um, but I, I mean, I thought it was a good show, man. And and someone said on a, I watched a blog post. Um, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about this. But I watched a like a podcast. They're talking about it, and the guy said, um, he said something only a Star Trek fan would understand was you get to see in the Orville, you get to see the bat, you get to see the bathroom of the bathroom in Starfleet, you know, or the bathroom on the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I thought that was kind of an interesting point of view because you do get to see like kind of like the grime under the fingernails yeah. and people act in almost a human way when it comes to certain things. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, this is, you know, they act kind of genuinely, you know, like they, the guy shot the ship and he's like, yeah, motherfucker, you know, yep. really, he's like super excited about it. And it's a little over the top, but you know, if you think about it, like that's, I think how most people would want to react. Yeah. You, know? you get to see the the 
you know, the boring stuff about Star Trek. Yeah. Which I thought, like, one of the first interactions between uh, the helmsman and, and the captain were like, so our last captain let us drink soda on the bridge. I just want to make sure that's still cool. Yeah. Like, in the first episode, I was like, yeah. what is he talking about? Yeah, exactly. I was like, this guy... <laughs> This guy's clearly like, like, just like fucking. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I thought it was good, man. I thought I, I, I enjoy the Orville. I think it's a good show, and um, it is. I, yeah. I don't remember who I was talking to. Um, maybe I said it in our group chat, but I basically described it as a sitcom. Uh, on a sci-fi set. Like it's yeah. not, it's not a sci-fi show. It's definitely a sitcom. That that is happens to be sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think some of the I think but with it does, the morals of like traditional Star Trek. Yeah, I think it does some of the things that Star Trek did really well, which is like, you know, it Star Trek has always found a way. Like you guys just talked about the episode with Belana Torres. You know, they find always find a way to tackle serious issues, and this show still does that. Mm-hmm. Which I did not expect. You know, I kind of expected it to be episode after episode of stupidity, but they still tackle the hard issues. Like the about the, the about a girl episode was so serious, and it was an issue that Star Trek has never even tackled. You know what I mean? It was such a it's a very pertinent issue to our time. You know, and it's a hard one. Like you think about it, if you think about it from our perspective, like we just talked about that book Autonomous and how like it's a kind of maybe a SJW transgender whatever book and we don't really understand what what that means as far as that book start the orville did a better job tackling that topic in this series in that show than this book did to me there was one episode of next generation that was also very similar okay so there you go where Um, they they had basically they came upon a planet with three genders and the third gender i guess it was called a progenitor or something and they were sort of involved in uh, procreation, but they had no rights otherwise. But Riker kind of took a liking to one of the progenitors and started fighting for her rights, and she like chose to be a female at the end. If you guys remember that episode, yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember though. Is that a? Uh... So there's a, I guess they do that a couple times because that's you're right. There's an episode with Riker with that, mm-hmm. but then there's an episode of Enterprise. Uh, I don't remember that. That's yeah, very similar, and and Commander Tucker takes a liking to someone. That does sound kind of familiar. And I thought that's the one where they were called progenitors, but I could be wrong. So, all right. Well, whatever series it was, uh, it's always addressed well. Yeah, and they 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 did not fail in the Orville. They they have every time. The most recent episode was really good, and they did a, done a good job with it. And here's a funny thing: in the most recent episode, like Star Trek never does this. They never have main characters get like gunned down mm-hmm. in the Orville. The main character, like one of the the the, the whatever she is that alien character she gets like shot in the chest and there's blood and it's a mess and you're like oh my god you yeah know, this chick's gonna die you know and you're just like looking at her and you're like this is so serious for tv um i for some reason i assumed because her her species 
was so you know relatively strong i was like oh the bullets are gonna bounce off her like superman but nope i i thought i thought (laughs) they were gonna when i saw her i was like fall i was like oh she's fine yeah but then when they show her all bloody and stuff i'm like oh she's fucked up and i thought oh maybe she has like eight hearts or something stupid Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but uh it was good i thought it was really well done so yep um michael you got anything i know you're so he's he's still protesting still looking for gold yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, turn your camera back on, dude. Come on, we want to see you. <laughs> this fucking guy, man. <laughs> so, no, I was having another issue. I had my audio muted for a second because there was a car outside that wouldn't stop. Hey, oh, hey, yeah, I heard that. Hey, yeah, me too. Hey. Yeah, I was like, every day, dude, there's some fucking car out there going off. I'm like, Sorry, really? You, you live in a big city. Yeah. The struggle is real. Well, used to have my old apartment complex too, so it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so the Orville. I mean, Evan and I have kind of already talked about it, so I don't know if there's anything I need to add. But uh, I like it. It's better than I thought it was going to be. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's not as I'll say detailed or techy, maybe as Star Trek. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't go into the whole. Techno babble, you know, which is one of the things I like about Star Trek. But you know, it's okay; it doesn't have to be Star Trek. Um, but yeah, I think they're doing a good job, and so far, I like it. So, so to say that, here's one thing I wanted to say this after we talk about Star Trek Discovery. But here's one thing that I hate about Star Trek. In and I've read lots and lots of space stuff. And lots and lots of naval stuff. And the captain never leaves and goes off on some away mission. The first officer doesn't even really do that. Unless he has to represent the ship or something. But in all of these stories, all of these shows, the captain, the first officer, all the senior staff leave the ship to go somewhere. Well, in in the first Star Trek, the original series, yeah. that's true. In Star Trek The Next Generation, that's not true. Captain Picard no. always stays on board. In the, he went the on fir- a few away and, missions. No, yeah, but I mean, sometimes he goes, goes, but generally, no, he doesn't. Yeah. His show the first is, officer goes. His show is the outlier. Most of them are like that, where it's like, like they're like Orville and Discovery. Like, Orville and Discovery, the stuff that happens in Discovery, the first two episodes of Discovery, happen because purely because the captain leaves the ship to go on the fucking fucking special ops mission like what are you stupid come mm-hmm. on what's happening you know and i was just like this doesn't make any and i guess this is like some unfortunately because hollywood's like nobody knows about the military we can do whatever we want you know but it just doesn't make any sense it's like very dumb and like you're gonna go on a special ops okay so before we do that before i go on this like rant about that um so star trek discovery i didn't want to like it i really didn't want to like it even now, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the intro. Yeah. I think it's betrayal. I think I think the only people who could pull that intro off was Enterprise, and the only reason they pulled the intro off was because the. And I know Evan. I don't think you like the the Enterprise intro. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. So I like that intro because that intro gave me tingles. It was like 
it's a long road. And they show like the enterprise through the history. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Like that shit gave me a fucking little tingle, gave me a little quarter chub because I was like, oh, this is like the history of what it means to be the enterprise. And it was like HMS enterprise, blah, 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 blah. You know, I was like, this is fucking cool. You know, and it showed like the enterprise shuttle and shit. I was like, this is cool. You know? And it had the great song. This one just seems fucking lazy. Like they just took, oh, here's some fucking three images of shit and, now we're just going to have the ship flying through this shit. I'm like, okay, great. Why are you showing me? And here's the other thing, right? Star Trek always showed you some new bit of technology. It always showed you a little piece of the future. But since Star Trek, since the Enterprise, since uh, since Voyager, no one, not, not Voyager, uh, uh, Next Generation, no one has shown us anything new transporters talking to computers okay well there's a reason for that there is a reason for that but that hasn't stopped them from doing different things but this show here's the thing right look at look at uh, autonomous okay in autonomous the main character has some perimeter the guy elias and i did not get past the part where they explain what the perimeter is but he's like oh i gotta turn my perimeter on Mm -hmm. you know like he has some personal defense grid or whatever. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the other lady, Jack, she has some, she's like, oh, let me turn on my fucking skin like, sensors, sensor network, sensor network or whatever. Yeah. Like that's fucking the future, you know, like that's a bit of technology. That's a bit of the future. Star Trek, this Star Trek, which is supposed to sit, fit snugly between the Enterprise and Next Generation, I guess, is... There's nothing. It's supposed to be 10 years before Kirk. 10 years before Kirk. Mm-hmm. So after the Enterprise, 10 years before Kirk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, which is dumb because the uniforms are fucking weird. Um, but that's, we've talked about that. That's the whole reason for that. But, so 10 years before Kirk, but then you have this, like, they're talking to computers. You know, they, they're talking to the computer, blah, blah, blah. And they have like fucking faster than light communication and holographic stuff and everything else like that. It's just, I don't know. The technology, so the technology's was... there, but it's not there. And then it's just technology that shouldn't be there that is there. And for someone who's a space buff, it makes me angry because it's just Star Trek always does this. They just do stuff because it's like. Some fucking guy who doesn't know anything about technology or space writing a fucking story. And it's just not even a good story. And it just doesn't even make... Uh, All right, so I'm a couple things. Now. I'm out of gas. I'm out of gas. I was going to say the reason for not showing anything new was because Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager all essentially took place in the same time. Whereas Enterprise and the subsequent movies and Star Trek Discovery all were like way before that. So there's they wouldn't really show any new technology, but you're saying like new sort of a progression of how next generation Voyager and Deep Space 9 came to be. And one thing they you kind of get to see an early transporter. I mean, you saw that on Enterprise also, but you see sort of a a different version of it now with like a pad and what looks like a satellite dish behind them to sort of direct the beams. I thought that was kind of cool. 
the thing I don't like about their uniforms are it looks like they're wearing snow boots. Um, yeah. the thing I don't like about the show. Okay, well, the thing I don't like about the intro is it's too artsy for its own good. Um, it doesn't have any words, which is okay because Deep Space Nine didn't have any words or a song or anything during the intro. But you know, um, but well, none of them do except for Enterprise. Enterprise, Enterprise is the only one that has. A song. Oh yeah, Voyager didn't also. Yeah, they're all the next ship generation had through stuff. a speech. Well, a speech. Yeah, okay. But they weren't seen. No, but Next Generation had a speech because it was like the first one after the original Star Trek that had a speech. Right. Like there's a speech with Kurt talking. So what I don't like about right. the intro, other than it being too artsy for its own good, is that the music I find to be oddly menacing. Yeah. Instead of like inspiring. Yeah. Which they all I, I noticed that too. They all seem to all the shows inspire inspire. They like they like make you want to like explore and discover. Mm-hmm. And this one's more like murder, murder, murder. There's yeah. a little bit of murder. It's coming <laughs> for your murder, 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 murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is oddly menacing, you're right. Um I don't like how they do the cinematics with like the cameras are angled when people are talking, but straight when there's like drama to show someone entering a room. Um, I don't like, I was like so sold on the Klingons. I fucking love what they did with the Klingons. James, you probably hated it. Mm-hmm, I hated it. But they, they presented this character to Kuvma who was like uniting all the houses to reform the Klingon empire. And in the second episode, they killed him. I was like, yeah. you fucking assholes. Yeah. That was my guy. That didn't make sense to me either. I wanted to see more. Honestly, okay, so I was able to get past. Once after watching it, I was like, okay, the Klingons are very interesting now. Like, this is a this is a character and a set of people that I want to get to know more about. Mm-hmm. I like Takuma and I like what he's doing. Um, even though he's ugly as sin and he's just like this black fucking... <laughs> but he's, he's still... His character is interesting. And they killed him for no reason, and it didn't make sense to me. It's like, why did she just shoot him? And they just said, like, we can't kill this guy. And none of that made any sense. It was just bad plot device use. It was none of it made any sense at all. Yeah. They're like, we're going to go capture him, and let's fucking put a... So here's here's a couple things, okay? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Here's I guess he's things. the martyr. Yeah, that's what they... I guess this is what's going to happen. But, so here's a couple things. One... A Star Trek, someone who grew up as a Vulcan, okay, with logic as their overriding thing, even if they're human, and then they became a Starfleet officer, which is basically a military, would not so easily be like, I'm going to yell at my commanding officer in front of the bridge crew, especially she's number, she's the number one. That's a fucking thing that's been drilled in the militaries for years. If you have a problem... With the something the commanding officer does, you tell you pull them to the side and you grab them and you and you talk to them when they're ready to talk to you. On the side note, you don't do something to knock them down a peg in front of the crew. That's number one. That's like a number one rule for for officers. Number two, you don't be like you're. Uh, I can't see a Vulcan being like, oh, you know what? I'm fucking Vulcan sleeper hole your ass and throw <laughs> my whole career away just to you know shoot first. Starfleet doesn't shoot first. They never have and they never will. 
Like, what she's talking about doing is not a viable option for Starfleet. I'm sorry. It didn't make any sense. Hollywood has this thing where they want to be like, they want you to see the main character as possibly wrong, even though they want you, the audience, to be like, they want everyone else to see the main character as wrong, but they want you, the audience, to be like, you've got to listen to them. They're right. Why won't they listen to them? But now they've gone so far as to 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 build... They've, they, they've pushed the limits of that concept, that trope, so far that now it's like no one sees the character as right, and then they get proved to be right at the end, you know? Mm. Except I don't think what she would have done would have been correct. No. I don't think it would have worked in this case. I think that this guy was looking to start a war, and this was what – and he, he would have been fucking – they would have started the war. Yeah, 23 ships would have shown up to see a blown-up, like, mothership yeah. with – a single Federation cruiser there, and they would be like, uh, okay, well, you're dead now. Yeah, exactly. So none of it makes any fucking sense. Like, none of it, like, it just doesn't make sense. And and the thing is, a Vulcan wouldn't do that. A Vulcan wouldn't be like, okay, I'm a sleeper, hold you. An officer, someone who grew up in the military culture, which is what Starfleet is, definitely wouldn't do that. You know? And then, like, oh, I'm gonna go and fucking, like, let's fire on the ship. No, no, no. None of that would work. It'd be one thing if she was, like, completely human, and they just found her on the street somewhere, and they're like, You're the f- I'm going to make you my second officer, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. Fine. But none of it otherwise makes sense. She has all this great respect for this person, but then she's going to put her to sleep. It doesn't make any sense. I'm curious, like, how had, had she never displayed any disobedience in the last exactly. like, seven years she was exactly. under command? And then all of a sudden, bam, she's like, now this disobedient fuck. Yeah. Also, well, maybe they were never put in such a situation that pushed them to this point. But they, you know, and like the way they were showing her, it was all very emotional, right? She was being very, and of course, growing up with the Vulcans, you're supposed to suppress all that. So maybe, you know, she'd know how to handle it like a like a human would. It seems like sometime in the seven year period, she was like. So that could explain her actions. No, it doesn't explain her act. It seems like she just like was like, fuck it. I'm done suppressing. And now I'm just this emotional chooch. And that's fine, whatever. But still, it doesn't matter because you're she's a military officer. You don't get to be the first, the, the next in line to be the captain, the XO, and behave like that. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, where's the training? Where's the, where's the thing in her brain that's like, no. Mm-hmm. You know? This is too far. There has to be some line... And no military officer out there would, because you have to be, in, you're basically, a military officer is basically indoctrinated. You know, you just don't go do stuff like that. It doesn't make sense. You know, not for no reason. It'd be one thing if the officer was dead wrong and she was like, I'm going to fuck these lady boys while I do this. You know, I mean, that'd be different. Like, or I'm drunk, but she wasn't drunk. You know, she was doing exactly what Starfleet would have done. You know? Yeah, it would have been different if they were like, cruising around the moon and and the captain was like okay self-destruct yeah exactly like uh no yeah exactly exactly so i i think i hope i hope we we get some answers to that what kind of worried me was that these first two episodes were awkward filler because if you watch the preview of the third episode she like goes to jail but then she's recruited back to some like misfit ship because they're at war with the Klingons and they need all the trained personnel they can. And like, that's a whole other storyline. 
So were these yeah. first two episodes right. well, the just like throwaway? What's the setup? Well, that wouldn't have. And also, here's another thing: that wouldn't have happened. That if you're a mutineer, they're not going to bring you back to do anything. That wouldn't have happened. There's mm-hmm. more. There's enough trained people in the fucking Starfleet universe that you don't need one mutineer. You know, like that. That action would have been the end of her career. Period. Yeah. She wouldn't be back. Like that's not a realistic. That's what I hate about this. It's not written. Like if they had anyone from the Navy just come in and be like, okay. Just tell us what would happen here. They'd be like, "Oh, we have to throw this whole storyline away because it's not realistic." Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like that wouldn't have happened. They, like you know? they would have been immediately dishonorably discharged and uh, yeah. done. And then she'd be like in Leavenworth, wherever that is, Space mm-hmm. Leavenworth. You know, <laughs> seriously, she wouldn't yeah. be. Yeah, because she attacked the commanding officer. You know, there's there's so much of the story that doesn't make sense. And here's another thing. And I'm sorry about this, guys. I know you guys are like, man, this is like a nine hour episode. Because no. James came back. No, and no, no. Like, this is good up. shit. But, I have something but, else I want to say. Yeah, so she gets into the fucking spacesuit, and they're like, "Fly, let her fly out there. Mm-hmm. And it, you can hear clearly hear at one point, they're like, oh, it's a thousand kilometers left to go. Okay, fine. Whatever. A single human being traveling through space at so many, so many, how many of her kilometers in uh, a second? To get to this place, here's the thing about space. If you go somewhere, if you have to go a mile away, okay, or let's say a thousand kilometers, you have to fly a thousand kilometers, but it's more than that, but if you have to fly a thousand kilometers and you go at 50% power, you have to fly halfway at 50% power and then spend the other half decelerating because that's how space works. But instead, she flies at full power, like all through these fucking, like, flying all over the place. And then she decelerates in, like, fucking two seconds. Mm-hmm. Unrealistic. Doesn't make any sense. Read any book about space. That's not how space works. You know? Whatever, wherever you're going, you have to stop halfway through and spend the rest of the time decelerating. That's how space works. She's not using, like, warp. She's using some kind of a jet propulsion system. Which means she has to stop halfway through and start decelerating. You know, or go. She could probably do like seventy-five or seventy percent or something, and then you know triple the output on the deceleration. But then that's like bye-bye neck. Yeah, but he, yeah, exactly. Here's the thing, right? What she did, what they had her doing the show. You telling me that does that suit have inertial dampeners or no. some kind of shielding? No. No. So what would have happened was she flies plus thousand kilometers in roughly two minutes, okay, mm-hmm. and then she breaks. In a fifteen-second push, yeah. okay, and her whole body gets turned to fucking jelly. That's what happens. That's and she the reality. Didn't have space. a like solar sh- solar shield on her visor, which I thought was interesting. Maybe yeah. they don't need it at that point, but they're in a yeah. binary star system, super close to the stars. Yeah, which if you ask anybody, a binary star system is like a place where it's like, oh, I like to get cooked. Yeah, you know, it's like how do you like how well do you like your meat? You know. <laughs> They're like, yeah. oh, the radiation burns are going to get her. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking clowns. 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 So I don't know if I talked about this last week with Mike uh, because it was from the second episode. Um, actually, it might have been from the first episode. I think it was, actually. The demonstration of the progress of the Klingon cloaking device. I thought that was kind of interesting. Where they're, you know, they're 200-year-old... Uh, or maybe it was two thousand year old sacred beacon essentially had a scattering field that you could kind of detect 
but then their modern ship, which was still about a thousand years old, um, I think had a legit cloaking device that made it invisible. So I was like, okay, so that scattering feels like an early cloak. That's interesting. I appreciated that. Hmm. Yeah. So my last thing about this show, and I promise I'll leave it alone until next week. Um, <laughs> so to get the show, because I don't have TV, and I couldn't figure out a way to find it because all my streaming sites didn't have it, or I was too lazy to really look hard for it. I signed up for, and also to, I wanted to talk about it, I signed up for CBS All Access um, for their seven-day thing. Number one, fucking process and a half. This is shabby as fuck. Um, you sign up, and you have to download the app. One thing that's nice, you download the app, you can Chromecast it. But then they give you a choice. Five nine nine a month, some ads. Nine nine a month, no ads. Now I would pay ten dollars a month, but not to see Star Trek, which is gonna be the downfall of this show, by the way. Unless you love fucking that show with that big fucking goofball Sheldon who loves the fucking <laughs> Yeah. I think Mike funny. was talking about that last week too. It's not funny. Not fucking funny. I hate that show. It was geeks. good before they all got girlfriends and wives. When it was just the four guys, good. I thought it was pretty good. I thought that show was never good. I did not like it. I thought it was like show a show for people who are like, I'm not really a say geek, the name of the show, but I want to call them call myself a geek. I don't know the Big Bang white, Theory. Big Bang Theory. I was gonna say white people who think they're smart, but yeah, Big Bang. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> Three white people and one Indian guy who think they're smart. Yeah. Who, well, they gotta the have white, an Indian guy. The the meekest of the white people also yeah. has sex with robots. Uh, so I thought you were gonna say the meekest of the white people is an Indian guy. No, like, so, <laughs> I, I do okay. think I do think the show has its it does have its funny moments, but otherwise I'm not a fan. But there's there's a lot of TV shows on there. You're just like these aren't good shows. Yeah, you know, and it's not worth my money to have this. And I think they they really want to capture some new Star Trek audience, and they think they're gonna do that by putting it on on online for cable cutter cord cutter things but they're not offering any real value you know nobody is gonna star trek is to me not counterculture enough star trek is old and the audience is old you know yeah i think i think you and me and michael are probably the youngest audience for star trek there is you know otherwise there hasn't been a star trek show on for new for a new batch of kids, and now they have it in this place where most kids won't be able to get at it, you know. So, well, James, just, maybe they're not making it for us. Maybe we're too old, and they're they are going for the younger generation who locked on to the Chris Pine Star Trek movies. But here's the thing: a Chris Pine and Star Trek person isn't going to watch this because it's too it's too off base. It's equally off dramatic. Base. It's it's way off base, I think. I think I think the I think it's I think if you're making it for the Chris Bryan audience, fine, but it should be on TV. Oh, it should be on TV. That's for sure. I mean, there's enough Star Trek fans to watch this show. Yeah, they could they could they could be very successful on CBS in prime time with this show. 
there's enough Star Trek fans to watch this show and make it very successful. I wonder they, if they renew it for a second season, if they'll put it on television, if they'll they get won't. rid of their streaming. They won't, because I don't think they ever have taken Star Trek very seriously. I mean, think about it. They'll do this, this must be their, their ploy to up the numbers on their streaming service. Probably, but... By 1%? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's enough. I think most Star Trek fans would be like, no, get fucked. You know, or they'll just go download it or watch it somewhere else. I found three or four places where I can watch it now. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, let's talk quickly about CBS All Access. So I got that. I, I got it. I got the five nine nine a month thing. Here's a problem with all of these sites: CBS All Access, Crunchyroll, Hulu. The problem is the ads. The ad system has been broken on all these things for years. Repeat the ads get repeated three or four times in a row. You know, the ads don't stream properly and they break the entire stream so you can't get back to the show. You're just stuck on a forward ad that will not play. You know? Um, it's just the whole thing's a bungled mess. I had to start the show three or four times and then in the middle of the night last night or two nights ago when I first watched it, the whole thing crashed. The app crashed. I went to the site. The site was like, no, sorry, bro. You can't watch the show right now. You know, and I was like, what is this? I was like, is this 1983? Is this the beginning of the internet? Is this a BBS? What's going on? <laughs> you know, I, honestly, I was totally shocked that this major company had this fucking broken thing. You know, if Netflix tells you something's down, just refresh the page and it's back. You know, I've never had this happen. It just doesn't make any sense that it could happen. Put it that way. It's for me. Well, I watched it on their website um, on my computer using Google Chrome on the first night that it was available. And I had no problems. Yeah. So I'm sure. I'm sure. So I don't know. I mean, I watched it on CBS All Access app. I did not watch it on their website. Which is something you download to a phone or? To the phone. To the phone. Because I wanted to watch it on my TV through the Chromecast. Hmm. So, I think when you watch it, I don't know, I can't speak to watching on the website. Well, I uh, do know that there are issues with Chromecast while streaming Twitch channels. So, that that could be related. Well, Twitch has a problem with the chat. Mm. I thought you going to say authority. No, there's (laughs) there's a known issue with the chat. I don't know about Chromecast, but there's a known issue with the chat causing issues with pop-out streaming or web services. Okay. So um, that might have something to do with that. I don't know. But this this is not that issue. Okay, this is CBS fucking making a shitty app. And that's how people are going to watch this. People aren't going to go to the website because the website's a clunky mess. People are going to go and watch on their phone like they watch everything else now in 2017 because people are all idiots. So anyway, yeah, Star Trek Discovery. The show, I don't think... If you can overlook all that stuff, you can suspend your disbelief. You've never read a sci-fi book. You never don't know them with the Navy, and you have no interest in the truth of space or anything. Then I think it's an okay show. It's very confusing, and there's a lot of weird subplots that I don't understand and don't like. Um, I think they got rid of the good characters. I knew. I told you guys, and like when we first talked about this, that Asian chick was not going to be on the show more than two episodes, and mm-hmm. I was right because she's too fucking famous. She'll probably have yeah. a couple cameos. I was kind of, I was kind of disappointed by that, but I was not surprised. I knew that would happen. Yeah. And I, here's the other thing I'm kind of shocked about: 
is that they have found a way to bring a female character as the focus and not an ensemble cast, but they have made it so she can never be captain of anything unless some kind of weird accidental thing happens halfway through the season. And they have this very unappealing white guy as the captain. Like in Chris Pine's Star Trek? Where the captain was like, hey, you're not even uh, barely in Starfleet. Um, you're second in command, Spock, you're captain, but come with me, I'm going to die. So yeah. he's captain now. Yeah. I'm the sheriff. Fucking weird. <laughs> Fucking weird. But I am looking forward to learning more about the Klingons. I mean, I think that I think it's going to be uninteresting. I think the tu- the Tuvapka or whatever his name was, I think he was the best Klingon character. I think maybe if we see some more from that like weird white Klingon mm-hmm. and some of the Yeah, other... I was going to say that white guy Klingon, I guess he's albino or whatever, I don't know. But um an outcast like the minority no white house. guy Klingon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to fight for his rights to be white. How the right. tables have turned. Mm-hmm. That's right. Michael I mean, I always found the Klingons in Star Trek The Next Generation, like those kind of Klingons, like, they're f- fucking bunglers, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all fucking bunglers, you know? They're like, they're like all duty and honor and bullshit, but they're all liars, and it's, you know, it's... <laughs> and none of them made any sense. Yeah. They're sneaky and duplicitous and... Then you have like guys like Worf who are like, oh, honor, blah, blah. I'm like, really, bro? Really? You're like the only one. Yeah, I mean, he's like the like the truest Klingon of all. And he's the one who never even grew up on, on I was going to say, on Klingon. <laughs> on whatever the fucking Klingon homeworld is called now. I yeah, don't remember. Kronos. Kronos, yeah. No, yeah. No, you know who my favorite Klingon is? The Klingon who wore the puffy jacket in... He was just the the warden who was looking for Kirk in that movie. He had the eye patch. He was the bad guy in one of the movies. I can't think of his name. It saved my life. Well, in Star Trek Six, yeah, they they have dinner with the Klingons, and one of them is General Chang or something. Maybe. And he has the eye patch, and he's like, he's, he's like, cry havoc. Yeah, and let's slip the dogs of war. He's my favorite Klingon. <laughs> he's my favorite Klingon. And he sounds a lot like General Martok from Deep Space Nine, who also had an eye patch and was a spectacular warrior. Hmm. Yeah, that was uh, Christopher Plummer who played mm-hmm. General Chang. And I don't know if you noticed in that his his Klingon makeup was very subdued. Yeah, compared to most other Klingons. I was telling I was telling uh, my friend yesterday. Yeah, General Chang, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the one. He's the one. He's the guy I like. Um I was telling what's it called? I was like, man, the fucking uh fucking I miss the Klingons from the original show who just look like uh they <laughs> like just e- they, like they, evil they, villains with mustaches. Yeah, they just <laughs> They just had like a, a Ming the Merciless fucking like yeah. like Asian guy fucking mustache, yeah. and that was it, you know. And I was like, yeah, I like that guy. Like, bring back. Why didn't they bring back those Klingons? Oh, you they know? just have like ridiculous eyelashes or or uh, yeah, eyebrows and and and, and, and fucking long ass beards. So I was like, yes, I like that. I like that Klingon. He's good. Like they're like they're how you imagine Genghis Khan looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But not Genghis Khan as played by John Wayne. Right. 
Exactly. So, just to give you guys an idea, the most watched shows of the 2016-2017 season. Okay, these are based on the number of viewers. So, Sunday Night Football, number one. Number two, Thursday Night Football. (laughs) Number three, NCIS, CBS. Number four, Thursday Night Football. (laughs) Come on. Number five, Big Bang Theory. Number six, The OT, which is on Fox. I don't know what that is. 60 Minutes, CBS. Bull, some show on CBS. Then number nine, Football Night in America, part three. (laughs) That sounds like a bad movie. Yeah, I don't know. Number 10, The Voice, Monday. Yeah. Um, So that's the top 10. Then the highest rated shows... So different from most viewed. Highest rated. Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Thursday Night Football again, different different network. Then the OT. Then Football Night in America Part 3. What is the OT? I don't know. <laughs> Some show on Fox. Football. The OT? <laughs> football the, Overtime. Probably. The Big Bang Theory. No. Empire, which is also on Fox. This is us, a show on NBC. Yeah, watch some of that. The Voice and The Bachelor are tied for number nine. So that's The Voice on Monday, and then The Bachelor. Then number ten slash eleven is The Voice on Tuesday. What the fuck are people watching? America's sad, sad. It's all trash. So that's top ten. This goes up to twenty, but I won't. I won't go through all of them. But it's like sports garbage. Only one kind of sport, too. Yep. Football! Hand egg. (laughs) Hand egg. Yep. Oh, there's another show out here. Kevin Can Wait. Hmm. And that's with uh, that fat guy. What's it called? What's his name? I don't know. Fat guy. Is he a UPS delivery driver? Is he still doing TV uh, shows? Kevin. The guy from Rick and Morty Baby. Rick and no, no, it's the guy from King of Queens. Yeah, yeah, the King of Ted, Queens guy. Yeah, Ted Kevin and Larry James. Get married. The zookeeper, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Yes. Yeah. Kevin can wait. That's He's his, like, what his are you, new show. What are you jumping, jumping rope in the attic? He's like, nah, I peeled an orange. <laughs> yeah, that's his funniest joke. That's the thing I heard, I was thinking about when you just mentioned <laughs> that. I feel so sorry for him. I meant to go see him. He was in town, but uh, of course I took he's no action. He's filthy rich, so. but he's just some fat white guy. He's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you're, you're a hater because he's fat? No. He's like, just... and because he's white? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. So right. that's what people are watching. So, so the actual TV show. Trash TV. That's the most watched show is NCIS. Garbage. Yeah, it's horrible. Rehash the same story for the and, last decade. And the, the highest rated show that's an actual show is The OT. Another show about overtime football. What the hell is The OT? Doesn't matter. It's garbage. Yep. Old Testament? En- no. Energy draining, non-brain stimulating information. We're Some in for sad, your eyes to stare state. at. Oh, it is, a, it is a football thing. Uh, what did I tell you? 
Yeah, it's probably so, some post football show. Yeah, sometimes three hours is not enough time for a football game. Jesus. Christ. Airing Sunday nights at 7 p.m., the OT will feature extended coverage of America's Game of the Week or recap any notable games throughout the day. Oh we need to change this to a football podcast. We probably shouldn't. Uh, Mike, <laughs> quick trivia for you. We could talk. Uh, we could make a podcast about how much we hate. No, well, I could make a podcast about how much I hate football. But go yeah. ahead. So, in a three-hour broadcast of a live football game, how much action, roughly, do you think there is? That's you know, uh, twenty-one minutes. The hand egg. Twenty-one minutes. Hand, um, about half that. About twelve minutes. In a three-hour game. Yep. Well, there you go. The rest is timeouts, commercials, commentary. Uh. Flags on the field, penalties, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Actual yeah, football action. is pretty boring, actually. Yeah. It's very boring. It's a, to me, it's a boring, complicated game. They're boring and too complicated. It doesn't make any sense. I just watch people doing. I'm like, all right, well, that's what's happening. You know, I'm like, why did he Maybe just throw the ball simplistic. to go two feet? Maybe you want to wa- you want to watch something boring. Watch some watch some baseball. Yeah, baseball is boring as fuck. Yeah. That's like nine like, that's dudes. America's sport. I'm like, kill yourself. That's like nine dudes standing around, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, throwing a ball between fucking soft pillows on the ground. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's our new podcast. Evan, Mike, and James explain sports. They ma- they they, they explain sports to you. <laughs> we'll do that's right. Oh, okay. Three I episodes. Have, I have a real one of new podcast. You guys are going to like the name of this. It's called Amateur Explanations. There we go. I'm all oh. We pick all a, one it. topic per week yeah. and, and give totally false information and bad impressions about the subject. Evan, I'm down. <laughs> I'm so down. It's like, you count l- me in. You let me know when we need to record the first episode because <laughs> okay. I'm down. We're just going to keep this one rolling. Yep. I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll cut it in post. All right, so what do we got about Rick and Morty? Let's jump into this here. Okay, so I just wanted to bring up Rick and Morty. Um, you know, I, I love the show. I think it's great. Evan, you're pretty much the one who introduced me to it. Mm-hmm. And so I thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, they're they're deep into season three now. I think there's only one or two episodes left. Uh, tonight might be the last episode of season three. Um, and there's lots of articles floating around like, is, is it for smart? Is the show for smart people? Is it too smart? Is it this? Is it that? Um, this particular article that I linked to, I just thought was great. A great explanation of what's going on in Rick and Morty and why some people like it and when, you know, whatever. So the title of the article is Why Broke Millennials Love Rick and Morty. Um, I mean, there's just some great stuff in here. Uh, turns out that one of the main guys who makes the show is... He was um, responsible for Community. Okay. Show Community. Is that Dan Harmon? Yeah. It's a great uh, show. Yeah. It was hilarious. Dan Harmon. Um, I've only seen a couple episodes here in their community, but I know it's hilarious. So, um, there's great, there's great uh, things that Rick and Morty deals with that maybe you don't even realize they're dealing with, like. You know, great questions of, you know, purpose and why am I here and, you know, all this kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, 
like they they quote here a, a a scene where a robot so Rick invents a robot to pass him some butter that's the only purpose of the robot and the robot's like what is my purpose mm-hmm. and Rick's like you pass butter and then the robot looks at his hands oh my which god. are which are just butter passers <laughs> yeah and he says oh my god <laughs> Rick's like, yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and I watched the what I think is the most recent episode from last week where uh Beth it's really more of a Beth and and uh Rick episode. Mm-hmm. Where uh we find out that Beth is According to Rick, Beth is is as smart as, probably almost as smart as Rick himself, and just as psycho. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he tells her, you know, she's like, "Why is everything like this? Like, I don't understand." Da, da, da. He's like, "It's because you're smart." He's like, "You just don't passively accept everything, like everyone else." You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's why. That's why you don't you don't know what to do. You know, you're too smart. So it's a it's a good episode. I'm not explaining it exactly right, but it's a good episode. Yeah, it has if you guys don't watch the like show, having you should. sex with animals and eating the babies. It's it's season three is super weird, uh, except for one episode where we see the evil Morty again. That was a great one. Uh, most most of the episodes in season three are really weird. One of my favorite ones uh, was where like Summer's boyfriend broke up with her and she used Rick's enlarging ray like haphazardly and made herself a giant and <laughs> and uh her mom Beth was trying to like troubleshoot and get her back to normal so she called the tech support line and it connected her to like three aliens and they were like okay see that switch on the lower right side flip that on and a little trap door opened and they ran out they're like we're free <laughs> yeah that was great and they're like okay well uh let's see what does it what does this reverse button do and like it's got to put her back to normal nope it turns her body inside out skin oh. on the inside blood and organs on the outside she's like oh, i'm hideous giant i was like that <laughs> is clever that's a hell of a reverse button jesus oh yeah it's a it's a great show if if you guys anyone listening if you guys haven't watched it yet Check it out. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It, it seems like the overall theme, and I haven't watched that. Sam Sam's seen a lot of season three, but it seems like the overarching theme is nothing matters, and you're just here. Just do whatever you're going to do. Also, season three is uh, shit on Jerry season. That's Poor true. Jerry. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... It's like the moral, like they have here at the bottom of the article, the moral of the show, this is what uh, Morty tells Summer. Nobody exists on purpose. Nobody belongs anywhere. Everybody's going to die. He's like, come watch TV. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That to me is the moral of the show. You know? And there's a great, there's a great clip here at the bottom that they link to on uh, YouTube where... Morty gets plugged into a video game where you you live life as a as some guy named Roy. I'm gonna thrash your Roy score. Yeah, <laughs> and you literally like it's like from you live life like as if you're in the Matrix or something as this guy named Roy, like from the time you're a child to an old man. Mm-hmm. 
And like, you know, of course it's all in the space of like five minutes or something, but you know, you, you think it's like an entire lifetime. So he, he finishes the game and he's like, Oh, what happened? He's like, where's my wife? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's, and then Rick's like, Morty, Morty. It's okay. It's okay. You know, I was like, what the hell? Like, it's a great. That's Why'd a great. You take the carpet uh, job, Jesus! It's like you went yeah. back to work after the cancer. Yeah, he's like, I'll show you how it's done. I'm going. Off, he's going off grid. Roy doesn't have a social security number. <laughs> Good show. Yep. So we're going to chips and flips. Woo! Like, it's like Chuck E. Cheese, but mm-hmm. you know, aliens. aliens. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So yeah, that's it. That's all I want to say. I just want to talk about Rick and Morty because it's a great show. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. That is a good show. The next season is going to take like two years. Really? Unfortunately, yeah, something like that. Hmm. Well, should okay. be good though. All right, what do we got next year? Some, some game theory, James. Yeah, a little game theory. Who's uh, whose topic is this? Who is letting the secrets loose? Oh, God. Well, um, so this is an article I put in here. And this is regarding World of Warcraft. So the the title of this article is World of Warcraft has a rape problem. (laughs) So I was like, huh, that's weird. It said there's an in in World of Warcraft, where aggressive players act out their rape fantasies on unsuspecting victims. Is that mechanic even in the game? Or is it like Second Life? You just kind of smash your avatar into someone. No, it's gotta be just chat. There's no Mm. sex in World of Warcraft. It's gotta be just chat. What is it, Michael? Give us... I mean, that's that's pretty much that. It's it's chat, um, but they also do all kinds of uh like it says like they surround they surround a character and spew glowing white spells into the air <laughs> that's just like second life <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's crazy you know and they get chat you know like people get unwanted chat requests and stuff you know and like yeah you know it's kind of like sexting but not oh internet gaming uh-huh. All right. Well, I'm glad I never played that oh, game. They mentioned they mentioned Second played. Life in here. Yeah. Well, Extending his member mm-hmm. as as glowing white beads yeah. fly towards his opponent. I mean, second Second Life, you you know, you can have a dick. Mm-hmm. And you can spray someone with your glowing white beads. <laughs> um, that is even, true. You can even buy skins with a Veiny, semen, veiny skin, semen layer. Oh wow! I didn't so, realize that. Yeah. So, so after post coitus, a girl can put on her semen layer skin, hmm. so it looks like you just on her. Yeah, it's it's a pretty disturbing game, but that's what happens when you let people do stuff. I mean, it's the whole game is made by the players. It's not, it's not like Linden Labs is like, let's make a game where people can do fucking these horrible it's disgusting the old, things. It's the old Rule Thirty Four. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, James, what was that other game we we talked about it? I think you and I talked about it. Is second it, Life knockoff. Is it Red Light District? Is that what it's yeah, called? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's a Second Life. It's very poor, low quality Second Life knockoff. Yeah. With less control and less ability to create 
Um, but it's designed red light around, center game. Yeah, it's basically red light designed, center. It's, des- it's designed around the sexual aspect of Second Life, but there's nobody in it. And nobody plays it. Those all those people who are like paying money to play that game would be better off just going to Second Life, getting one of those wooden dildo wooden wooden dongs and running around. You know, being you know, there's plenty of places if you want to have virtual sex in Second Life, for, totally for free, without paying a single dime for the game. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Cool. All right. So yeah, that's it. So World of Warcraft. Just like anything else, there's there's sex. It's full of registered sex offenders. Slash rape. There's a lot of this. This article seems like a lot. Definitely worth reading the rape tavern in quotes here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I mean, here's the thing, right? This is, does this surprise anybody that this no. would be a thing? You have a bunch of people sitting around. There's always some fucking cesspool, some hole where people are like, I'm going to pretend to fucking rape somebody. And they're going to pretend to let me, you know, because they're like, gross. All right, enough. What's next? Yum update. Let's talk about something delicious. What have, what have you got? What have you got? Okay, so the first thing, yum, yum. A cannibal couple ate 30 people. No. Gross. And served no. victim's head on a platter of oranges. Stop. You're joking. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> Right yeah. now? Yeah, I'm serious. This isn't what the fuel that I need from? after the rape van. Huh? Oh, Russia. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. They're like, oh, all right. That's all a survival right. tactic. Yeah, they were they were snowbound. No. Um, <laughs> it's a word you don't get to use every day. Uh-oh. This is fucking disturbing. Are there, yeah, so are was there a, graphic pictures? Uh, no, although I'm sure we could Google around and find some. They didn't put any in here. They just have a picture of the main guy who looks exactly how you think he's going to look. Extremely malnourished. Then his, and crazy. Then I guess his wife. And the woman whose head they had. Who already looks like a doll. Yeah, she does. She has, like, vacant dead eyes, and I'm just disturbed by this whole thing. Enjoy and the articles in the show notes. <laughs> and there's two people in the article who are named Natalia, and I'm I'm keep on getting them confused. One is the one of the main suspects, and another one is someone involved in the investigation, like a police person or something. Mm. Get some variety, Russia. How many Natalias can you have? Boris and Natalia, 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 and Natalia, Natalia, Natalia. A bucket and a bag containing body parts have been found along with a bag containing one of the alleged victim's possessions. <laughs> I thought you were along with a bag containing buckets. <laughs> <laughs> they they stored human re- remains in their fridge and freezer as well as a cellar. Seven packs of frozen body parts were found while some quote-unquote meat was discovered preserved in jars. Meat. Mm-hmm. Nondescript. Okay. What's next? Enough. What's next? <laughs> next enough. up. Um, More Rick and Morty? Uh, almost. Not exactly. So this is about the the Polish way to avoid getting a hangover. Pickle brine. So what they say here is that uh, 
having some pickle juice after drinking neutralizes uh I don't know if it like neutralizes the acid exactly or what exactly it does, but it's supposed to be good for good for hangovers. Now I've actually heard of this more recently where people get a shot of whiskey or something and then they'll get a quote unquote pickle back. Which like you know how some people they order a shot and then they get like they're like, Oh, let me get a Coke so you can drink it right after. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, except instead of a Coke, you get a small a small glass of pickle juice. Interesting. Now, something I learned from a one of the several desert episodes of Star Trek is that drinking alcohol will only make you more thirsty or will dehydrate your body rather than drinking water. So if it's dehydrating your body, when you excrete urine... Urine. Um, Constellation Urine, Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman. Um, When you excrete said material, along with it goes a lot of electrolytes. So if you're constantly depleting your electrolytes, you're going to have a hangover, you're going to feel like shit. Pickle juice has quite a bit of salt in it, which replenishes those electrolytes. So this is scientific. I like it. I'm definitely not making any of that up. Mm-hmm. So I guess here they're talking about using it as really as a as a back, you know, like drinking it right after you drink something. A preventative as a, measure. As opposed to drinking it like, oh, the morning the morning after mm-hmm. I got sloshed because by then it's too late. Yeah. I mean you could you could test it, Mike. Are you willing to field test, do some research? Willing to purposely drink on behalf of uh, the scientific community that listens to this show and report if drinking pickle juice post-party during a hangover has any effect on your well-being? Hmm. It's an idea. Take it under advisement? I will. What about bread and butter? Can it be bread and butter pickles? Is that good enough? Those are uh, vomit-inducing. So perhaps it's so good. It's so good. What's wrong with you? They're delicious. I don't know what's wrong with you. I had one as a child, and I literally <laughs> vomited. That's because it you was so stomach, disgusting. Evan. You have a sensitive stomach. I do not have a sensitive stomach. You have a delicate. I have makeup. I have thrown up less than six times in my life. We call that a delicate makeup. It's a delicate makeup. Yeah. This is an iron gut, my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Evan, I'm sorry. Before we move away from the Yum update, <laughs> what? I just want to mention one thing that I think you'll appreciate. And okay. actually, I have, I have a few pictures to send you at some point. Mm-hmm. I went to a Myanmar restaurant the other day. Did you? Mm-hmm. Please refer to it by its traditional family name. A Burmese restaurant? Myanmar Mary's? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I personally like saying Bur- Burma, Burmese, whatever. But, uh-huh. uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the what the what is on that. But anyway. Tell me, tell me of their fare. So it was pretty good. Uh, kind of close to, I mean, you know, it's, it's in Asia. So it's close to, you know, I'll say Thai or... Um, Malay, maybe. Although I've never had Malay food, as far as I know. So, 
Cambodian cuisine. Lots never of had, milk. Never had that. <laughs> never had that either. Um, but I basically had a noodle dish. It was quite good. Mm-hmm. Were they um, hand pulled noodles? Fresh noodles? Paint I me believe, a picture here. I believe they were just thick noodles. That's. Uh, I'm gonna need more than that. Well, I have a photograph of the menu. Okay. So I will share that with you at some point. Yes. Um, I also had a beer that was supposedly from Myanmar. Mm-hmm. Did it taste like beer? It did. Very good. It did taste like beer. Did it have that third world essence that you were longing for? Semen? <laughs> <laughs> so your beer tastes like piss. Because we pissed it. Yeah, no, no. no, not none of that. Um, they had a second beer that I did not get a chance to try. So maybe I'll go back and try the, the other one at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll have the I don't know what that uh-huh. I'm looking for. Um. So yeah, we had some uh, like some kind of spring roll type things okay. beforehand that were. More like a Chinese one, but well, I don't Are they know. Like the crispy spring rolls at Nam's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Those are good. Yep. So had that. Oh, oh, how could I forget? Had a a green tea leaf salad. That had to be gross. It was great. Hmm. Seems like it'd be very like I have a very sharp, undesirable taste. Yeah, no, like it was very good. Chewing on a holly bush. No, 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 with no, no, no. Salad dressing. It was almost there like chewing on seeds. Okay, that also sounds not like a salad. Well, get a macaroni salad, right? I mean, <laughs> so debatable, but yes, that, that has nothing to do with salad either, right? Quote okay. unquote. So, were um, these spent tea leaves? Like, were they used to make tea? Or some gentleman chewed on them for several hours and then <laughs> yeah. spit them into a plate and said, "Here." Some gentleman they're, simply named Wa. They're Peruvian coca leaves. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they chewed on it. They tripped. You know. Yeah. They tripped balls, quote unquote, and then they served that to me. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get some of those. Try that out. They remove the toxins for you. Yeah. Food, food safety, number one. Well, good. I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll send you the the picture of the, the menu. I have several photographs. Yeah. Why don't you write up a little something for the blog? The yeah. name? Oh, Ed, James, you'll love this. Yeah. Evan, you'll like this, too. The name of the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Mandalay. <laughs> I'm come aflame. Aflame. Come aflame. <laughs> <laughs> oh maniacs <laughs> well, oh, Mike I'm maniacs. glad I'm glad you uh, ventured out of your comfort zone and had that fine meal did you go with uh, evil tea little tea I knew it little She's tea evil tea oh okay well little, I don't little, little evil little evil tea okay Alright, that's fine. I still have her uh jacket? Jacket and her uh mushrooms. 
Wait, what kind of mushrooms? Interesting mushrooms? She left some mushrooms in my car. I don't know what kind of mushrooms they are. It's like, that was two months ago. They are still there. Uh, They are growing consciousness. Probably. They're still in the freezer. Um, Okay. So let's cool. let's jump in, Evan. What do we got? What do you got for us? You got some special uh, goodness yeah, there. Yeah, just a couple a uh, couple interesting mentions, things you wouldn't necessarily see on uh, mainstream news or the OT. Um, the first one has to do with an a Formula Four race happened recently in Malaysia. Now, if you're not familiar with Formula Four, it is the sort of junior category of Formula One, where aspiring Formula One drivers, you know, underage. Uh, sort of, you know, earn their, uh, earn their, what's the word I'm looking for? Stripes? Their wings? wings? You get to earn their stripes, earn their wings, yeah. Their wheels? Uh, yeah. So Their lug nuts? <laughs> so, ah. due to unforeseen circumstances, um, they had to conduct two Formula 4 races back-to-back. Uh, the first race went off you know, without a hitch, no issues. However, the second race had an awkward um, finish. Now, I'll preface this by saying the races are normally eight laps, so nothing crazy. Um, but because of a seemingly universal miscalculation by pit crews, none of the cars finished the second race. Oh, nice. In the last two laps, they all ran out of gas and uh, didn't cross the finish line. So the officials awarded... The uh, winning position to the gentleman who was leading at the fifth lap. So congratulations to him. The next article, something very odd. Uh, It's a new documentary that reveals donkeys as humble, dignified beasts. Uh, One of the directors said that after she heard incredible sounds of donkeys online, she knew this film had to be made. Now, what's you might think that's fascinating by itself, but what's even more interesting is the fact that it is narrated by Willem Dafoe. Jesus Christ. So I urge everyone to check out the full documentary. There's about a 20-minute audio clip and a two-minute YouTube clip. Uh, I, myself, will wait for the full video release and uh, try to report back. Hmm. So, you're <laughs> There's welcome. a scene in this trailer where the Willem Dafoe's like, "Listen close to the trumpet," <laughs> and some donkey's like, hur, 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 hur. "He's like, listen close to the trumpet." Just like, yes, yes, yep. I need to watch this. Yep. I need to watch this. This reminds me of something actually, um, and I'm going to talk about it when my time comes. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I just put an article in here, kind of interesting. Uh, it's about. This woman, her name is Whitney Wolf. She was one of the original co-founders of Tinder. She, she left Tinder and founded Bumble, mm-hmm. which is another dating app with a with a twist. Um, and now she's doing something because she thinks LinkedIn is no good. So she's gonna make her own version of LinkedIn. With it's called Bumble Biz. Mm. So the whole her whole thing is the reason she left Tinder and then started up her own app 
is because she thinks that there's a lot of, you know, there's not enough equality for women. There's sexism, blah, 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 all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is to try to fight that kind of stuff. So apparently on LinkedIn, a lot of men will connect with women, but it'll be for, you know, hey, you want to go out? Ah, uh, interesting. You know? And so I this is... I didn't know that was a thing. I, I didn't know that was a thing either, either. But apparently it is a thing. So I guess it doesn't really surprise me. I just never thought about it. But... So this is to kind of... Just like... Just like Bumble, which is like Tinder, but not exactly. There's like, you know... For those of you who don't know the way Bumble works, you match with someone, but then it's up to the woman to yeah, initiate I, the conversation. I have, I have Bumble. Right. I know I know you do. I'm Most saying any of our listeners any of those mm-hmm. things work. Which is isn't that sexist in its own way? I thought we were talking about equality here, guys. Well it's a system based around the fact that most women online and dating sites get they get a hey or want to see my dick mm-hmm. you know they get like is that the wrong way to open a conversation it is sadly i did not know either but now <laughs> i discovered that that is the, the wrong way to speak to women i mean it, for christ's sake in saudi arabia they can drive now so yeah we can't yeah, just show times. them our cocks i tell actually i told a co-worker recently he said what do i do to step my tinder game up i was like take a picture of the dick neck Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to see that. I told him that, and I found out later that I was wrong. <laughs> no one wants to see your dick neck. No one wants to see the root and the stem. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. So hmm. there, there are people. And Mike's like, hmm, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, have to adjust my strategy. Yeah. I will have to redo my Tinder and Bumble profiles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Bumble's... Uh, Office in Austin, Texas, was known as the Hive. Oh my! This God. chick is really into bees or something. What's going on? There's there's something else to this. I you said know, fighting people, sexism with bees. I understand. People say never get involved with a chick who is into horses because they're always like super fucked up in the head. We got to look into this bee thing. I don't think that. I, I, I don't think that Bumble fights sexism. I mean, I just think it's... All these apps are just... I don't know. Like, I use Bumble, and I'll be I'll be the first to say, Bumble's full of hot chicks. Like, all the chicks are hot. But that's just is new. You know? Any new app is always full of the hottest, like, freshest, like, best-looking chicks. And as soon as it gets out there, it's going to be full of scrub, scrub lords. <laughs> you know? And it's going to be full of grubby, grubby women and horrible chicks who are lying and... You know, women, I hate to say this, but women in general are fucking lazy when it comes to their dating app profiles. They're like, I like to travel and I like to fucking go to parties and like, fuck, James, go fuck yourself. Live, laugh, love. No. That's all we need. What does Tony Huge say? That's what I want to talk about. Uh, he doesn't say much. He's too busy injecting himself with the uh, steroids. No, but what is this? And saying? lifting and eating. You said it. That's a saying to live by. Oh. Stay swollen, say Swole and swell, or whatever. Swell and swole, my friends of freedom, pioneers of human evolution. There you go. That's words to live by, not... That's truth. I like to travel, 
that takes uh, true introspection like and wine and a deep understanding of yourself and the universe to pursue that path through life. That exactly. is bold. It is bold. I respect that. My problem with um, when I'm looking at Tinder, like a lot, not every single one, but a lot of women on there, their profiles like, I like to hike. I like to be outdoors. I like to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <sighs> everything you're not about. Right. But then I'm like, maybe they're saying that. Maybe they don't actually believe that, but they're, they think that's they what think guys want to hear. Right. Or I think something. A lot of them are doing that. I think a lot of them are thinking, oh, I should look like I have something going on in my life other than watching The Voice on Tuesday mm-hmm. nights. Yeah. You know, but really, I hate to say this, but most women I've met, they don't have any fucking hobbies. They don't have anything they like to do. All they like to do is like fucking let's go out to fucking have a nice dinner. I like to travel. Like, come on, man, please. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I and I know there's women out there who are, have uh, who are about things who have stuff going on in our lives. I know that I probably just know a lot of scrubby scrubby chicks, but it, when I look on Tinder, that's the kind of chick I see. It's like every chick, every single fucking chick. I like to go out. I like to hike. I like to travel. Okay, and they got a bunch of pictures of them all over the world. I'm like, great. You're well traveled. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> what do you do ninety the ninety nine percent of the rest of the year when you're just every day is like fucking hell on earth. You have to get up and deal with some bullshit like everybody else. You talk. Can you be real with me for once? Can you show me your human being and not James a wants those real. He wants that real chick. Yeah, I want that real real. Anyway, um, anything else, Mike? No. Okay. So I'm going to blast through mine. I have four links up here. I'm going to blast through them. Um, <clears throat> probably the most interesting one I have up here is the Neo Yukio. This is uh, an anime that's on uh, Netflix right now. The thing about the Neo Yukio anime <laughs> is it's a it's made by some... Okay, I'm just going to read this from the article. It was created by a rock star... The vampire weekend frontman Ezra Koenig, hip hop artists all uh, are all over television. Rock guitarist, not so much. So he's some kind of I don't know, whatever. I don't know. It's kind of he's not your average anime person who would create an anime. Um, I watched it because I've been sick like the last several weeks, and I just been like stuck watching TV. And uh, I saw it, and I and I and I'm listening to it. I'm like. Sounds like it's full of famous people. What is this? Okay, there's a robot butler, and it's just a shittily drawn. Looks like fucking, um, looks like uh, Megatron from the original Star <laughs> Trek show. But but it's a robot flying robot butler that the main character um, rides on the back of. And I when it talked, I was like, "Yo, that's Jude Law, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there's something wrong with this show right now. There's something wrong with this show. So then I looked and it's like full of celebrities. Jaden Smith, Susan Sarandon, Jude Law. Um, normally when you watch anime, to watch an anime that is in that's a dub is really bad. This is the best dub I've ever seen in my entire life. It probably has never it was never made to be um, in Japanese, by the way. I don't think it was. I think this was made to be like a dub with ja- American actors. It's so good. <laughs> it's probably the funniest thing I've seen in anime. Put it this way, if if you watch anime 
for a long period of time you've kind of built up this whole like way that anime is funny like anime is funny in these certain ways and you get used to like a kind of japanese centric comedy you know like you see like the the teardrop on people's faces and you know what that means that that symbolizes something to you and you find that stuff funny um this doesn't have any of that this is just like funny in an american way so you don't have to be an anime fan to watch this matter of fact i would call this only anime in the sense that it's the art style Otherwise, it's just another funny-ass fucking cartoon. It is so good. It is so fucking good. And Jaden Smith, I mean, say what you want about him. I'll be the first to say that he's a nutbag. He's a pure professional in this, and it's so good. It comes off so well. You know, totally enjoyable. I had so much fun watching it. Do yourself a favor. If you have Netflix, go see Neo Yukio or some illegal streaming provider near you. You know, definitely worth your time to go watch Neo Yukio. It's on Netflix. It's like six episodes, easy to watch, simple two hours, two three hours of your time. Super good. Um, okay, next up, uh, I got the citizenship test up there. Uh, for those of you who want to take that, I I actually went ahead and found the Cry Havoc, all all of the uh, Shakespeare quotes from General Krang or whatever his name is, um, General Chang from Star Trek. Uh, undiscovered country um and it's actually great listening to him be like cry havoc you know it's like it's really good and he does a lot of it there's a lot of it in there so this has all of his shakespeare quotes in there um then i just saw this book in when michael had us looking at in the yum update um the munchies late night meals cookbook honestly munchies is great so i want to get this cookbook just because it's probably full of crazy amazing stuff so yeah, that's it. Nice so, munchies, good times. Will good you times buy time. that for me for my birthday so I can put it next to my I can semen recipe that. book Ooh. that you got me for my birthday two years ago? Have you made anything in that cookbook? I can neither confirm nor deny. Block. Block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were several gloopy recipes. Block. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Uh, Mom, where's my protein? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. You're you're awful. I'm not awful. I'm quoting old YouTube videos that you pre- have probably never seen. And factual information. Are we on Mixcloud? Uh we are. Jaeger bombs. Oh Jaeger bombs. Yes. Oh you Jager do know bombs. what I'm talking about. By yes. the way, before we end this, speaking of moms, today is my mom's birthday, so happy birthday, mom. Oh, there you, you go. You will never listen to this, but just in case. Happy birthday. Have you mom's spoken good. to her? I have not. Cool. She is uh, engaged for another two hours or so. Hmm. so Evan's mom's very cool. She is very cool. Yeah. And she has a large family near her, and she is with them. Now, she's an easily tolerated woman. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a compliment? I don't know, but she's very nice. I think it is. A compliment. I enjoy her company. Yeah, she's a fine, fine woman, and she Michael, respects you, James. Yeah, I like her. She's cool. Michael, you got anything? No, sir. All right. Excellent. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, so, take us out, James. As always, it's a pleasure to do this show with you guys 
I'm so glad I am back, and uh, I'll be back for good until next time I'm sick. <laughs> um, but uh, in the meantime, you can check us out a good many places. Um, apparently, we're on Mixcloud, so I don't know what that is, but um, mixcloud.com slash the IO panel. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Google Play, which is where I listen to the show. You can find us uh, on Facebook at, on the IO panel. Sorry, hold on. There we go. And also uh, at our website, iopanelpodcast.com. Hold on, I was going to get there. I was going to do that last. You're like doing reverse order with extra information. Because that's how I do it. This is my show this week. I forgot, you do things backwards. I forgot, I'm sorry. Exactly, I jump around. Okay, because I like like to deliver it. You see my hands here? I like to deliver (laughs) it. All right. Anyway, for us to really interrupt, facebook.com slash the IOPanel podcast. Twitter.com slash podcast, And then, of course, IOPanelPodcast.com is where you can listen to the show in those little blurbs. Evan's got a great blog post that he puts up and that he would love for us to contribute with, but we don't. And uh, the show notes are accessible there also. So check them out. We love you guys listening. We appreciate you guys taking the time out every week to be involved with this show. Uh, we appreciate your feedback, Ed. Um, please keep it coming. Um, also, most important... Uh, that I did not mention. Uh, Amazon. We have an Amazon affiliate link. It's accessible from our website. Uh, you can just click on the link. It's at the bottom of the page. And then there's also, of course, Patreon. You know, help us out. We love it. Patreon slash the IO panel. Um, William Blower and company are creating the <laughs> IO panel podcast. Apparently, that's what's on the page. So, <laughs> who's William Blower? <laughs> William Blower is our. Uh, our patriarch. He's, that's uh, our. That's the silent, silent partner. Yeah, our silent, silent partner, William Blower, Bill Blower. So, um, anyway, William Blower Thanks, and Company <laughs> is what we, the name we can be found under. <laughs> that's right. Um. So check us out there and donate some money. We could really use it. All that Patreon.com slash IO panel. Yeah, and all that money is going to go to buying uh, our acres of land in in Puerto Rico so that we may have a place to live on Ed's property. So thank you very much for everything you guys do for us every week. It's a pleasure. Um, Evan, Michael, anything? Adios. Deuces. There we go. All right, guys, we're out. See you next time.
It's the end.